The song may be escape, but you can't escape from this reality. Welcome into the fourth mother box. My name is Tom Oakry. Thank you for joining us. Uh, follow us online at Fourth Mother Box on Instagram or somewhere out there on Facebook too. But that's about it because Twitter is still a cesspool, and um, I don't feel like doing shit on YouTube. Um, today's going to be all over the place, guys. It's been one hell of a week. Again, my name is Tom Oker. Thank you for joining us, being into the Fourth Mother Box today. Joining me as always, all the way out there in like teen temperature Chicago, is my co-host Kyle Casentino. Kyle, how the fuck are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's it sucks here. This is the this is the long stretch of the winter. It's it's at the point of where we've been in the winter for so long. People are just really fucking tired of it, and they can't take it anymore. So, are people throwing sticky butter at each other yet? I mean, are we at that point in the? Oh winter? yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Good, good. Well, yeah. It's 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 been a week. Um, I guess that's cliche to say. Uh, we've gotten some pretty decent news and media to to um, check out. You know, obviously Super Bowl was last weekend. Kansas City Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, pretty good game. Um, but most importantly for this podcast and for all the nerds out there, we got some trailers. Admittedly, for, first and foremost, so that, that, that Flash trailer. So that we're going to be chatting about that. But... Um, uh, Kyle, did you have any anything on the podcast that you maybe wanted to kick off to 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 talk about before we get into the news? I just I feel like you have something to say. I just want to give you the opportunity to say it. Oh, there's a lot that I have to say. There is. I, you know, I last night I went out and, and I saw Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. So I'm going to definitely talk about that today. And um, yeah, I, I have some thoughts about that for sure. Uh, you know, question for you. I mean, what kind of what kind of man goes out and sees Pretty Woman the musical? I mean, you're you're a happily married man. Um, would you ever find yourself in the need to buy tickets to go see Pretty Woman the musical? I mean, does that would that make sense to you? Me personally, no. Um, I I think I'd rather shove a nice pick up my pee hole, but you know, I wouldn't buy the tickets, but. That's just me. Yeah, yeah, I I wouldn't buy that either. And I just, you know, I'm not naming any names of people we we might know that might go out and buy those tickets. But I digress. Just just wanted to ask you that question. Well, well, I think I mean obviously the the our listeners are smart, Kyle. So with them being very smart, they could probably figure out that we're talking about somebody. And so in the interest of that person, let's just fudge their name around a little bit and call them Habbues. Um, so Hab Buse is is ha- you know having a dilemma where he's purchased a couple of tickets to Pretty Woman Live um, here locally in Orlando. So Hab Buse is uh, going to enjoy that. And again, as a happily married man, I wouldn't do that, but to each their own. I think uh, he's his his uh, childhood dream is to grow up and be Julia Roberts. So that I guess makes then again makes sense for him. So. I hope you uh, see your dream there, buddy. To be like a mid-level prostitute in New York and then yep. get, yeah. get swept up by some rich guy. And um, I almost I almost combined the uh, the plot to Dirty Dancing and Pretty Woman for some reason. A lot of those movies just kind of, all those plots. I've together. never, I haven't seen either of them. I just, I just know that Julia, Julia Roberts was in Pretty Woman, I think. 
Well, speaking of things that we just saw, and I'm going to talk non-spoiler uh, about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania or Ant-Man 3, whatever you want to call it. I saw that last night. But I just want to get this yeah. out. Of, I just want to get this out of the way because what what have you just saw last night? But you, like you mentioned, you so you saw the Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey horror movie with a budget of twenty two thousand dollars. So Kyle, please riddle me with spoilers. I don't give a shit. Tell me how fantastically awful this movie was. So I didn't actually do a lot of research behind this movie. Was it really two twenty two thousand dollars budget? I, you know, hold up, hold up. Let me let me Google this um, real quick because I swear to God, when I saw it on Wikipedia, it was like something stupid. Maybe it wasn't twenty two grand, but it was really Maybe like a hundred. No, okay. So the budget said it was less than a hundred grand. Wow. Yeah. Box, well, o- at box office, it's made $1.8 million. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that's it? <laughs> well, it costs less than hundred grand to make, but it makes $1.8 million. I mean, that's that's a success. That's like a ring of I mean, the first, first weekend. Yeah. All right, tell, tell so, me about how bad this was. Who did Piglet raise? <laughs> Uh, Piglet didn't rape anyone, but you know, I, I'm I was like walking out of the theater very conflicted. Like, I almost didn't have words um, to describe this movie. And while the concept was great, and if the uh, if the budget was better, this would have been an excellent, excellent horror movie. It really would have. But it was just kind of like. <laughs> Some parts were just, like, laughable. I mean, it actually started really good. Like, they talked about the story of... It was like they did it in, like, in a cartoon. They're like, you know, Christopher Robin grew up, and he went into the Hundred Acre Woods, and he became friends with, you know, Pooh, Piglet, uh, Tigger, and Eeyore, and, and Owl. And they, you know, as time went on, he... Christopher Robert, uh, Christopher Robbins um, got older, and then he had to leave. And then it's like... Then it's like, then the winters became cold and, you know, food became more scarce. And then Pooh and Piglet and the rest of the gang had to make a difficult decision. They had to decide to eat one of their own. And they show like Pooh and Piglet going after Eeyore and like eating him. And they're like, this horrible act changed Pooh and Piglet forever. It was so inhumane and they decided they were going to be against humanity and become feral and they would never speak again and then all of a sudden like it fast forward to the present where Pooh and piglet i don't know what happened to the other ones they live in the hundred acre wood and like they have clothes and for some reason like winnie the pooh has like doc martin shoe boots (laughs) and i'm just like i'm just thinking like where does does winnie the pooh go shopping for shoes like (laughs) He goes to in the outlet case, malls. Like, yeah, he wears a big, yeah. a big trench coat like Raphael in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that nobody could see who he looks like. <laughs> so, while there was a few kills where I was like, "Wow, that was really good," um, but others that was just so bad, and the acting was so bad. I mean, Christopher Robin, he goes, he goes back to try and find Winnie the Pooh. And uh, his friends. And, like, you know, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet don't um, 
like they because they're feral now and they're like apparently killers and they eat humans like they obviously like beat them up and tie them up and then like the worst one was like he we need the uh, piglet kills Christopher Robin's wife and then like they string up Christopher Robin and then like they grind up Christopher Robin's wife and like in into this grinder and they make Christopher Robin like bathe in the blood of his wife and then he's like screaming and howling and then it just is like it's a, such a traumatizing incident and then later on he's like he's like st- still strung up and there's a group of girls that find him and like he's he's acting like like he's beat up and traumatized and then I swear like a like a switch flipped and you just like you need to get me out of here and like it was just like his he just transitioned so seamlessly like nothing had happened like he he just bathed in the blood of his ex-wife his wife and he's like should be horribly traumatized and he just switches like nothing and he's just fine um not only that the other part was like some of the kills you're just like what the fuck just happened like Winnie the Pooh slaps some dude's face off and uh, another one, like he he pulls this girl out of the car. Oh, bother! And <laughs> there's, yeah. Oh my god, there's two girls in a car. He pulls one of them out, and he like brings her like in front of the car, and the other, it pans to the girl screaming, and then you just see like her head fly and hit the car. You don't even see like the other girl. What happens to the other girl? It, it just like I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This is all over the place. There, it, again, you know, if you've seen horror movies, you go into this, this is like, you know, they talk about like, you know, sometimes B horror movies are the best. We're just like the low budget. This is like an F horror movie. This is, I mean, some, some of it was laughable, but then, you know, you, as a horror movie fan, you could see the potential of it. The, the music was, was surprisingly on point though. Like it, it's like they invested the budget in the music or something like that. But uh, and and the prosthetics with Winnie the Pooh and Piglet were actually pretty good, and other than that, it was god awful. Just like, I mean, I think I'm IGN just gave it a four, right? I think I saw they gave it a four. It's it's like sitting at like a four percent on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's like close to a sixty percent with the audience review. Uh, again, like this, if they hadn't. If they make a sequel to this, which they might, and they put budget like a serious budget into this, this would be a really interesting niche horror um, kind of like movie franchise. And I know they're going to do the thing with Bambi as well. But again, if if they put the budget there, it would be a great horror movie. It, it really would. Like they could make some movies that would because it's like the idea is just so fucked up, and you could certainly see some of the, like. The creepiness factor of it, because here's these like beloved, like Disney characters that are just turned like twisted and turned into this like evil, malevolent, you know, kind of like monster. So, again, if you're if you find yourself like you're really drunk or high one night and you have nothing to watch and you just want to watch something that'll probably make you laugh because it's just so so bad. <laughs> This is the movie for it. Watch She-Hulk. You know, I noticed, or watch She-Hulk. Yes. You know what's funny is like there were no theaters that had this this movie. Like all the AMC theaters did not have this movie 
I don't even think it was given a rating, which I thought was strange. But it was just one theater in my neighborhood that had it, and it was... Um, was it in Crime it was Alley? Hollywood... <laughs> yeah, it was in Crime Alley. It was a, uh, like the Hollywood Boulevard. So, I don't know. Oh, is, is, it, that, the, is that the the themed one? The, the dining one? Yeah, they actually have a Star Wars-themed room. It's actually a really, really cool theater. I love this theater. I mean, you're not getting the best, like, visual or audio, but, like... Or food, for that matter. But, like, the themed rooms are really, really cool. So, and it's, I think, much better price than AMC by far. Good. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we go to Studio Movie Grill. The tickets are cheap, you know, compared to to what the tickets are now. And then we just, the food's good, too. So, Studio Movie Grill is what Disney's, Disney Springs Theater should be, but I digress. So, why the fuck was Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey in Disney Springs? Somebody tell me this. It still just blows me away. This is not Disney's property. It potentially damages its, you know, its IP, right? And oh. for some reason, they put in there. That was crazy to oh, me. D- d- don't worry. I don't think Blood and Honey could damage Disney's reputation more than Disney has already damaged its own reputation at this point. So ah! <laughs> we'll be all right. That's true. Um, well, um, speaking of Disney real quick. Yes. You know, it just happens that I might make the trip to uh, one Paris Disney this year. So so I've heard via our text messages. Yeah, yeah. So that should be fun. Should I expect everybody to go, aha! Yes, yes, you should. And you should expect uh-huh. it. You, you should expect them all to lean up against you, blow smoke in your face, and smell like cheese. So expect that. I mean, I'm from... I'm from Chicago, so I'm not I'm not uh, not used to people smelling like cheese. So, okay. but the the bumping up against you and not giving a shit that gets really annoying really fast. So, um, wow, yeah. Are they are they Buffalo like Chicago no, Buffalo? No. I mean, no, they're they're all fairly in shape. Not not oh, a lot. Well, yeah, of, not a lot of fat people in France. Yeah. Not yeah, in Europe in general, it's like right. fat. We're exclusively like the fat people. I mean, they called us the doughboys in the World War, which is I know. makes sense because we we like our dough. That's true, we do. But um, who doesn't like their dough? Um, you know who likes their dough? Right. Pro- probably probably Ezra Miller. Uh, I believe Ezra Miller likes their dough, likes his dough. Whatever, I don't care. Oh, man. Come after me, whatever. Fuck. Um, so we got the Flash trailer, and let's just go at it right there. I watched it right before I gave you a ring to start the podcast today. I think that brings me to, I don't know, four, five, six watches, something like that. Now, initial thoughts on the trailer, right? Um, DC dropped this trailer maybe like 30 minutes before the Super Bowl started on, on, on YouTube, and I, and I saw it on Instagram. I was expecting just to see it as the game went along it's kind of how i wanted to experience it but then i saw they dropped it we still had 10 minutes of pregame left so i'm like fucking i'm gonna throw youtube up on my tv brad and i watched it together because he was over for the super bowl and you know this trailer this is a good trailer okay um the first thing i initially thought after watching this trailer and it was really good it hit, it hit everything it needed to do it told it told you the story it showed you who you wanted to see with Michael Keaton and his Batman, and then it introduced our, this new version of Supergirl that we're going to get on the big screen for the first time, which we knew was coming. And then we saw Zod again, and 
So a lot's happened in this trailer. It was really good. And then, like, I think, man, I hope they didn't show us everything, right? You know, man, you know, it doesn't take away from the bad movie, but you want some surprises, right? Like, I'm still thinking maybe Christian Bale, Batman shows up in this. Just maybe. Just maybe. You never know. So... If they were smart, they would do that. I agree. <clears throat> they at least approached him. Hopefully, right, right, like right, like if he's if he's up to going to play Gore the God Butcher, you can't cameo in a fucking in a bat suit and talk like this for like two seconds. Come on, bro. Come on. You, yeah, you in a bad that. in a bad uh, MCU movie for sure. He's yeah. got to redeem himself. Yeah. So does DC because it's an upward battle from here. Like, it is. They really have an upward battle. You're a thousand percent right. But. So it's like I see this, you know, you know, watching the 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 trailer. It's like I just can't help feel, but jaded a little bit because like I get excited about watching this initially, but then it's like the excitement wanes quickly because what's it? What does it mean, right? You know, this is like this is the death of the DC extended universe. Ben Affleck's in this movie is Bruce Wayne. You know, a perfect looking Bruce Wayne. You know, the little bit we saw of him, and he's Batman in this movie too. We saw him on the the motorcycle going up the street. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, we know that this is taking us back to that pivotal fight in 2013's Man of Steel. <laughs> Damn, I'm choking on my aspirations here. Give me a second. So, Kyle, Kyle, you go on. What did you think initially of the trailer? Because, like I said, I thought it was a great trailer. But I just feel like it's going to be all for nothing. Like, they'll have to really blow my balls off with the Flash. Well, I feel like they WB took my advice that I said many, many moons ago about how this, this movie, how to sell this movie effectively in the wake of Ezra Miller's past behavior. This trailer has to be heavily focused on Michael Keaton's Batman. Oh, yeah. Right, and I feel like you. This trailer, you could have called this movie Batman featuring the Flash, and it would have made sense. And so they did a really great job. And I was exactly like you. I mean, watching it a few times, like man, I just my excitement went through the roof. But then you you kind of get sad because you're like, well, this isn't going to mean much in the big picture because we all know that this universe isn't continuing unless James Gunn plans to roll it in somehow to whatever he has planned. But we know these pe- we're not going to see these people, at least at this point in time, in the future. Uh, there he is, Winston. right, on, right Winston. on cue. Wow. Right on fucking wow. cue, this goddamn dog. Yeah, Winston. <laughs> yeah, he, he really is going off about... <laughs> he's really going off about this. Yeah, we all hear you, buddy. We feel you. Yeah, we we are all upset about this this universe not going forward. But, um, this trailer was super exciting, man. To see Michael Keaton back, and you even saw the music as well. You know the old Batman theme, and see him like in action was just super nostalgia. Super like, man, the hairs on the back of my neck were like raised. It was such a such a cool cool moment to see that. So I think this is gonna really blow everybody's balls off. I don't think, you know, seeing this, like, I could see how they're they're still thinking that they could sell this movie. And the only reason they can is because Michael Keaton is, is in it, let's be honest. Like, if they didn't have Michael Keaton, I don't know how well this would, would, would go. Well, this and, is... Well, the way they shape this music, uh, movie, right, is smart on Warner Brother or DC's part, I believe. 
Because, right, you're pulling in arguably one of the most popular Batman in Michael Keaton's Batman from Tim, Tim Burton's films in the late 80s, early 90s, right? You're getting that crowd because, like, that's the same crowd who thinks Christopher Reeves is the only good Superman to ever exist, right? Like, those people love Keaton, and that's it. You know, he's not my favorite Batman. He's not. I don't believe he's Kyle's, but he's nostalgic and to the point where he's a big part of our lives and our childhood that got us into the character. So you pull those people in, then you've got Ben Affleck's Batman, then you have Michael Shannon's General Zod in this movie, right? So you're like, oh shit, so then you're pulling in the Snyder people. You're you're pulling in the DCEU stands into this. So And then you have the small subsection of people on the internet that still exists that supports Ezra Miller who want to see this for Ezra. Um, and then you just have fans of The Flash, of The Flash in general, because The Flash has a big you know, array of supporters. And then, um, you know, you 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 toss Supergirl in here, and it's and it's a different looking Supergirl who's essentially taking the place of Superman in this story, the Flashpoint paradox, the world that Barry goes to. That Superman is powerless, being held <clears throat> to keep his powers subdued, and they eventually bring her. Him in. Her. No, I know not. Not in the Flashpoint Paradox. What are you referring to? I'm, I'm referring to the actual the storyline, the comic book, right? It's not super. Oh, relevant. I thought you were yeah. talking about... Okay, yeah. The, the yeah. movie storyline versus the right, right. Uh, comic book. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're the Flashpoint Paradox, it's Clark. And like I get and I don't get why you're using Supergirl in this situation, but this really should be Henry Cavill. This really should be Cavill. Regardless if you're moving forward with him, this should have been him. I know a different you know timeline, what? I get it, but fuck. C- come on, guys. That, that was the part of the trailer that kind of pissed me off. Like, it, it did. Like, you're... I, I don't want to use, like, say, gender swapping, but, like, I felt like that this was just... You can't... It just didn't make sense to me. Like... Here's a beloved, and I'm, I'm a, again, I say this every podcast, I'm always going to be super fucking salty about what they did to Henry Cavill. And not that I don't want to see Supergirl, because I absolutely want to see Supergirl, but, like, this just seemed like bullshit. It, it really did. Like, I'm going to watch this movie. Henry Cavill's not going to be in it. I think he was in it, and they took him out. I just don't think, like, that makes sense. It really doesn't, and that's just downright bullshit. It really is. And... I'm never going to be happy about it. Just just never going to be happy about it. And that's the one part of the trailer where I'm like like kind of rolling my eyes a bit. I'm like this is this is bullshit. This is just fucking bullshit. Yeah. Um, it should be Henry Cavill. I know. It should be he should be have a part in it. Again, you, you should give these characters a send-off, you know, especially Henry Cavill like I get Ray Fisher not getting his send-off or his movie which is sad, but you know, I don't think he would probably do it anyway. Well, not with but, the uh, not with particular people in charge, but I think he might do it now. I mean, he said something to James Gunn on Twitter, and James Gunn backtracked a little bit. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Ray Fisher unfortunately is uh, done. I think playing Cyborg. Um, he pretty pretty positive he's in Rebel Moon though, so he's still on Zach's good side. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm. I'm I. I want to see him in that. That's going to be. Although the only part of that I'm worried about is Rebel Moon is on Netflix, so 
my my hopes just kind of don't get as high for that. But yeah. it's Zack Snyder, so I'm sure it'll be cool. I get it. I do get you it. do you does he have is this just a one one movie or do you think it's going to be like spawn sequels? No, I believe if if it's successful, he's he's world building currently. So I think there's planned sequels to this. So this is going to be like the uh, alternative to Star Wars, or like a darker Star Wars. I yeah yeah we'll see. Like all I know is this story started as a Star Wars story, right? Like Rebel Moon started as Zack Snyder's pitch to do a Star Wars flick, which he was going to do, and then Disney bought him, and they decided to do their own thing, right? So, you know what's interesting, and we'll probably talk about this today, is like Disney but Dis- Disney Plus is pulling a lot of content, and. Well, I think that's a smart move. I also think it's it's kind of bullshit too because it's like they raise their prices and then they're pulling content. So it's like, does that make sense? No, it doesn't. What did they I take off that, of there? Well, they I think they said I was reading the other day that they had plans for like six or something, you know, shows from like the MCU or Star Wars. Oh, and then now they whittled it down to like there's going to be just two. You know, um, for for yeah. Disney Plus, that's an oversaturation so should... problem, though. Well, true, but I think it's like, you know, you have this streaming service, and it didn't do well, you know, financially. I mean, it was plummeting under um, Bob Paycheck, and uh, you know, it's like their answer was, you know, how we're going to make this better? Let's increase Nachos. the prices, <laughs> and increases increase the price prices, add nachos. And take away content, bro. If I got so, if I if like with my Disney Plus like subscription, if like every two weeks I got like a redeemable free nachos out of the theme parks, I think that'd be worth it. Come on, Disney, give us a Disney Plus or, nacho option. Yeah, yeah, or a Disney pre- uh, Mickey pretzel. I mean, come on, even better, Disney Plus Mickey pretzel now available for annual pass holders. You'll have to wait in a virtual queue to get it for three hours, and then you won't end up getting it. By the way, we've secured our annual pass holder preview for Tron now because I did not go on my annual pass holder preview a couple of weeks ago, and uh, all of Jedi Talk are going there unless a Matt Nathanson concert happens. All three or a pretty woman musical happens, right? Yeah, it's true. We're going Friday, March 10th. By the way, by the way is uh, the annual pass holder, is that... Is are those prices going up? What did they like jack that by like twenty percent, like everything else? Um, my price did not change when I renewed it in September. Um, I think they did go up. I can't remember though. I know I know they went up in California, but that should surprise nobody. It's interesting because, like, you know, they see their failure with the Halcyon. And not saying the Halcyon is a failure because it sounds fucking awesome, but you know the big elephant in the room is that nobody can fucking pay for it, right? They can't. Like the the normal population cannot afford that. And not so in this climate, when you yeah. have such a yeah, and definitely not in this climate, no fucking way. Um, but that's the answer. It's like this is how we get people back in the parks. This is how we get more subscribers on Disney Plus. You know, we. Increase the price of everything. Like, how does that make any sense in this climate? Like, what is Disney doing? I mean, maybe Bob Iger is just doing a massive overhaul. I know they, like, lax the parking fees 
at the hotels, but like that never made sense to begin with. Because again, most people who are staying at the hotels, they're not driving to Florida. Like I, I, I doubt that. So they're they have no reason to park at the hotels. Like I just oh, well, I don't believe that. There's there's still a good subsection of individuals who live in like the south here north of us, like in your Carolinas, your Georgias, Texas, Louisiana. They're still driving, and even we get a lot of New Yorkers who drive down here too. So there's a good amount, but but you're right. Most most Gross. everybody's flying here. So, but you're right. Well, the, the, you know, if they relax the uh, parking fees at the parks, then I would be like, okay, well, maybe that makes sense. But they would never do that. Disney actually doesn't do a terrible job with their parking fees at the park because it's twenty five dollars. Like, let's say you go to Magic Kingdom in the morning, and then you park hop, and you drive over to, like, studios. Oh, you just got to show them the receipt, right? You've already paid for parking. You don't have to pay again. And um, Universal was 27 a day. I mean, I, and they have less parks to go to, so. <laughs> it's just insane to me. Like, it, you pay almost 200 bucks to go into this theme park for a day. You can't see everything. It's impossible to see everything in, in one day. And it's, like, an extra 25 bucks to park I, I just think that's insane it is you know yeah i know and you're just disney taking itself, up space. yeah disney itself is going to turn into the halcyon where you know it's going to be reserved for like the one percenters and the people who can um you know save for 10 years to just go for a day yeah it's insane i mean so, it kind of feels like that who now. want you disney yeah boo on disney boo on the people who who keep pushing policies and keep supporting this, right? Like like all these fucking corporations, they 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 funnel their money in to support, you know, pe- support these talking heads who have no intention to help anybody and push these bills that just makes themselves and their friends richer, right? And then Disney sits there and complains and says, "Well, we have to raise our prices." You're the fucking problem by supporting these people. Like every and it's, this isn't a Disney problem. This is across the fucking world problem. It's corrupt. It's all corruption. If there's a new way, I'd be the first in line, but it better work this time. So, well, maybe if enough people stop going, you know, um, you know, they'll change. They'll change the way they structure their fees. Because I don't believe that. And maybe we're getting a little political, but like inflation is in effect right now. But at the point where that doesn't become an effect, if that ever happens. You, we won't see these prices come down. It's never going to be like, well, Disney's bringing their ticket prices back down to a hundred bucks. So, you want to go? Then you know it's going to be like how it is. Now it's like it's twice as much to go there, which is, believe it or not, you know, Disney actually reduced the pro- the price of a couple of things in Disneyland, like the Savi's Build Your Own Lightsaber, like came down by like almost fifty bucks. It's still the same price in here in Florida, but. For whatever reason, drop the price out there. So, like, like I feel like they're tinkering here and there with stuff. But I, I, I don't know. We could sit there and talk about the Disney price crisis forever. But do you have any last thoughts on the Flash before we kind of jump over to some other news today? Because I want to wrap the put a put a bow on that. And because I'm excited, I'm excited. But uh, you know, we still got like four months to that movie. Well, I'll just say this. Maybe. Maybe the Flash will erase himself from existence, and we can just start over with him too. <laughs> Did you see the shit Jason Momoa is getting um, on Instagram? Because he he uh, Momoa posted the tra- the Flash trailer 
um, after it debuted, and it was like giving showing support for Ezra Miller. Be like, I love you. You know, I'm so proud of the movie. And then he's getting torched in the comments, and he's like, and they're all like, dude, you can't just say, you know, aloha, you love him, and then like after everything he's done, like he's getting so much shit for that. I don't know. We live in a day and an age, and like if you if you support anything, then you know somebody will pull some backstory out of that company or that That's person true. that will. Just like every, I think everybody's got a bad history to some extent. We all have our skeletons. I mean, this is recent for Ezra Miller, and I'm not condoning it at all. I think he shouldn't be the Flash, and it's this is some bad shit. And it just again proves that you know, no matter what you do, if if you're making a business funny, it's fine. Perfectly fine. Yeah. If you piss off a if you if you are loved by everybody, and you piss off a company, then you will be removed. That's all. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, glitches in the matrix. I wish time travel. Let's talk read. about that other thing that WB is doing that they're probably going to ruin in some in some way, shape, or form. Is there's rumor rumor has it is that they are bringing they are looking to make a I heard a three part movie for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. A now, three part movie. That's that's well. They're going to try and milk this as much as possible. Damn. I mean, come on, you can't just do one movie and bring back the OG cast. Oh, I agree. I I don't. I've never seen. I, to be honest, I've never seen the musical. I've never uh, read the book, but I think it's pretty unanimous amongst the Harry Potter fan community that this was not good. So yeah, Courtney read I mean, the screenplay and she said it was okay. I mean, this is a great concept you know the cursed child it's like later in life for harry potter his kid is cursed i think that would write itself um i don't know i mean maybe if they change certain things i mean I, again i haven't read it so i just i trust oh, hermione's and black I would trust, in, <laughs> in the cursed child so well i don't then, know if, i don't uh, think they'd be able to change that in and if emma watson would have to go blackface then yeah, oh right? god <laughs> It's like, guys, I can't help it. They told me to. Cancel Emma Watson. But, like, they're making me. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I would trust Courtney's opinion on it. She seems like she, she knows she's uh, very true with her Harry Potter fandom. So. Where are you at with Hogwarts Legacy? I don't know. Uh, I've actually progressed quite for, uh, much further in Hogwarts Legacy. I actually just got the broom and uh, in the Room of Requirement. I spent a good part of the game like just exploring and doing yeah. side quests. So did and I. I think the the broom is really cool. I think flying all over the place is is definitely adds a different element to the game. And obviously the Room of Requirement and all the customizations you can do is really cool. The game seems like it's opening up a lot more. And it's... It, it it's definitely like you know a great great game. The, I think I would probably backtrack what I said. Like the graphics are good. I mean you know they those could always be better with a lot of games, but they're they're good. The only thing I think you could ding this game on is really the NPCs seem a little bit stiff, and you could tell they didn't really do motion capture. Like if you if you look at games like uncharted or the last of us or god of war ragnarok they they use motion cap capture so p you really see people's emotions and facial expressions come out in the performance in in hogwarts legacy 
it's just it's very stock and robotic very stiff npcs so that would be my only criticism it's not that big of a deal because the game is still really fun the combat is real fluid i like the exploration piece and kind of like some of the lore there definitely the nods to the the movie franchise so i think you know it's definitely like um I'd, I'd probably get a, certainly give it a 10 out of 10. I don't really think... I think they could certainly progress from here. Um, but I, I love it. You know, it's it's certainly a fun, fun game. Yeah. How I'm about a, yourself? Um, I've progressed a little bit further than that. Because I just... You know, I customized the room requirement last night. I, um, I learned my first curse, too. Um, Config... Config something. It's 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 a confringo. Like, confringo. Yeah, I just learned that. Um, That's a good one. It blows shit up. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to think, what's the main? I I know, I have to go back to fig, right now. But I got a letter from the herbology professor to go learn Wingardium Levioso. So I think I was. Wow, be- you and I are. Are like at the exact same spot. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what level I are just, you? I just went over there. I just uh, I'm at like level 19. Oh yeah, that's about where I'm at too. I'm either like 18 and a half or 19, something like that. That's funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, I just uh, I just learned Wingardium Leviosa. So nice. I I'm like, why is that different than Leviosa? But whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, whatever. Um. So anyway, so yeah, that's that's that. Um. So speaking of yesterday, I did that. I went to Universal and then played Hogwarts Legacy a bunch, and then went and saw Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Now, Kyle, I believe you're seeing that tomorrow, so we'll have a spoiler-ridden, detailed show about it next week. But I saw it last night, so I'll give spoiler-free reactions. Um, when I first started watching the movie, I was not. I feel like it started weird. It kind of threw itself into the plot, and then it found itself as you know, you know. Believe it or not, when like we got more and more into the Kang stuff, the movie really fleshed itself out. And when the characters on the Quantum Mania, like, okay, this is we're flowing, we're flowing. It's still a very much cookie cutter MCU flick, which is it's like they can't Marvel can't stop getting in its own way of you just feeling burnt out with certain aspects of a movie and it's like you just it's like you end up going to see the MCU movies you want to see just so you can see the after credits or see like see like the few things that you can pull out of a movie that connects to other things that you know and and I don't think we're going to get that again because you can't duplicate Avengers Infinity War and Endgame you just can't duplicate that shit right they're going to try they're going to try, but it's not going to work. Um, there are... I think... Yeah, go ahead. I would, I was just going to say, like, you know, I could see where this is going. And I think they really should consider resetting the universe. Like, maybe at the 20-year mark. Because let's face it, Star Wars, you can continue on with that story. Because you could write new characters and connect it back into the past. But... Not the MCU, you really can't do that because you can't just write new characters because nobody will want to see that. People are going for Iron Man, for Spider Man, for Thor, you know what I mean? 
people aren't really going for the marbles, honestly. Um, Which got pushed back to November. It, yeah, nobody's nobody's uh, upset about that. So, yeah. but good. anyway, continue. So yeah, so you know, there's there's some fun spots in it. I think there's some parts where Paul Rudd and you know Scott Lang they shines. I. I I had a little bit of a problem with Michelle Pfeiffer's acting in this movie. I want to see if you see the same thing. I don't know if I was looking for something. I don't know. It was weird. I mean, she did fine. Um, Cassie Lang is kind of annoying (laughs) in this movie. Um... But, but it's, 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 it's really, like, I enjoyed it, right? Right, I enjoyed it. Um... There are two end credit scenes, right? Um, and and actually, Kyle, you asked me that, and I want to make a point to say this. You asked me when I got out of the movie last night, you know, about King's look. Did he look stupid? Because that was a big criticism going into the movie. Um, I like Jonathan Majors. I think he did a good job with King. I did. Um, and the look, like, you just get used to it, right? Um, you just get used to it. Now, the look that I don't haven't gotten used to still is MODOK. Um, I, 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 that's a tough one to translate into live action. I'm glad that they took the shot. Um, but so, so why was, why did Modoc look stupid? Did he look stupid? Yeah, he kind of did in like the story of who Modoc is. Like, I'm not going to spoil it cause it's, it's a callback. I, I, it's just, you can't. It's like a giant fucking face. It's just a f- giant face. Like it's in the it's like there's some cringy spots. Like when 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 Modoc is like Modoc mode and like killing and wants to kill people and chasing after them. Um, that's cool. But then when they Modoc starts talking and you'll see this and you if you see the movie like once Modoc starts talking it's just like I, I don't know. Like it's and there's some cringy stuff with that with with Modoc in the movie too like there's good and bad you'll see I mean like and it's like Modoc can't make up its mind if it's comic relief or if it's a serious character too um and then there you know what happens at the movie end of movie happens and we're getting to the conclusion right and there's two both post credit well there's a mid credit scene and a post credit scene I have to make sure I call those right and they're both important like one of them's not a throwaway like like they normally are. Um, the 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 one after the credits is the better of the two. So sorry, you guys got to wait. Um, I'm kind of getting sick of that shit. Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, wait until the end end credits just to see something. Yeah, I don't know. This it's, one, this one's kind of cool. obnoxious shit. It is. We've been doing this for almost twenty years. Like for fuck's sake. I know, I know, I know. But so then the the mid credit scene one though, while it sets the future up well, it's kind of cringy. It's just weird, like weird the way the characters are acting. I I, I don't know. It, it's it's a little cringy. It's 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 cool and cringy at the same time. That's 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 all I'll say about that. Like if if I were to give a number to this movie, six, six and a half. Oh, 
six, wow. six, six and a half, maybe. Yeah, it's it's like I don't yeah. hate it. I don't I don't hate it. Like I'm like, all right, cool. I had time. I'm I am not mad about the money I spent on the movie, and I had an entertaining evening. And but it just those are my thoughts after I've sat on it for a while. Wow, I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now. It is sitting at a forty-eight percent. Yeah, and of course the audience score is like near ninety because nothing Marvel can do. And this is just like the maybe it's the hubris of of Marvel fans or maybe the stupidity. Oh, let me for talk that about them. It's like, um, it, all all the movies can't be good. I mean, you have to. I mean, I'm not saying like they didn't. The MCU hasn't done a good job because they have, but like. Get real, seriously. Like I'd admit, a bad DC movie. We all know I'm more in the DC camp, and I've seen bad DC movies. But this is like, come on, come on. This is bullshit. Forty-eight percent. I'm with I'm with the critics on this one. It's not Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, which is at a six percent, fifty-eight percent audience score. Jesus. I don't think like the funny thing about Winnie the Pooh is like. Uh, I don't think critics actually reviewed it a lot. Like, it was weird. Like, they almost just didn't, like, they were against it or something. Like, I'm not seeing that many. Okay, maybe there's there's a few top critics. I want to be a critic, actually. Like, how do you even get that job? What do you, like, you just, everybody in the world watches movies, right? Change so your how name do you to Jay Sherman. Like, yeah, J.P. Sherman. It stinks. Um, I miss that show. I, is it's just like you think about like this is a this is a job like a like a five year old could do. Like, listen here, little Jimmy, was that movie bad or good? Yo, mom, it was go fuck bad. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It made so, me sad. It's it is it is kind of satisfying to see that this got panned by the critics because it kind of proves that maybe Marvel isn't paying everybody off. But um, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I don't know. But but I'm I'm not. Why is Bill Murray in it? Wow, I'm just like looking at the cast. Like, oh yeah, he's in it for like two seconds. Wow, I I'm still like not. I I don't think I'm going to be impressed by Kang the Conqueror because I just think he's stupid. I think his like character looks stupid, and I'm like. Part of part of what makes a good villain is you have to have the look, you know. If if, you, if a villain was dressed like Bozo the Clown, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be afraid of that. Or like Barney the Dinosaur, like Barney like tries to rule the universe or something. Like it, it just looks so fucking stupid to me. Kang is a stupid looking villain. It would be like Electro in Spider Man if they kept him as his comic book look. It would look a dumb as fuck. They had to update that shit, and it looked good, you know, when they updated. This is, like, I don't think I'm going to get used to this. I'm going to be like, this guy looks like like a, you know, a, de- um, a mentally delayed Smurf or something like that. <laughs> well, he's not blue that much in the movie, so um, he doesn't look like a Smurf. Good. He's, good. That, that's, that's a good move, because we don't need to see that. That just looks dumb to me. Like, if you keep him... Keep him without his blue face. And yeah, his you know, purple no, no, no. I like Jonathan Majors. I think he did a good job with Kang. Um, it. I think Kang is written interestingly. Um, Kang is no Thanos. 
He is no Thanos. Not even close. There is potential there, but there's you're still never going to get to Thanos level. So, um, But let me say something real quick about the MCU fans. Because I went and saw the movie with quite a bit of them last night. So all this really much did, Kyle, was certify that I need to stop seeing MCU movies. Because I haven't seen, like, yeah, I'm a DC stan. But, man, I, I have not gotten this in a DC movie. Um, although I know I know Brad said in Batman vs. Superman he had some uh, resort fatty behind him and Holly that ruined the movie for them. So I'm not saying it's not impossible to happen. But it's just this happens to me at MCU movies all the fucking time. And this happened to me when I saw Rogue One. So, it's like every single joke, it's like they're waiting with bated breath for Paul Rudd to say something remotely funny to get their little jostling jiggles in a bunch. And they go, (laughs) and like Paul Rudd could have said, hi, I'm Paul. And they're like, give me more popcorn. So, um, and it's like, like, how many plates of nachos did they have? About twelve. Um, so, Courtney and I they like, just like have them like keep coming in every five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, like they they call the server in the early on with the button, and they're like, every time I press this button, you bring more nachos. And it's like I just think like every five minutes, I just saw the people walking up the stairs with the wheelbarrow full of nachos. Um, yeah, craft craft cheese nachos. So, uh, as we move it along, uh, the. So, like, every joke, they were consistently just laughing pretty loud about something. And then they even missed the punchlines on, like, some actual funny jokes that the rest of the audience, like, laughed at. But then they laughed at the stuff, like, like, oh, like, oh look, there's a jelly bean on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it was something really fucking stupid. So, you know, whatever. You get used to it. You're into the movie. And then finally, we make it all the way through until the very end. So now, look, I, 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 we're all comic book fan, right? Like the MCU's been around for what ten years, Kyle? Right, a little more than ten years, right? Right, way more than ten years. Almost twenty. Yeah, yeah we're there. F- uh, five years away from being at, at twenty years. The, there we go. Fifteen years. The MCU's been around for a hot minute. You, as a fan as a casual fan, can pretty much predict what you might see in an end credit scene. It's very rare that they're going to get you to be shocked at something, right? It's like, in 10 years, if they do an end credit scene and it's Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark, then yeah, it might elicit the kind of response that this one end credit scene got. But it's like, I saw this coming... And I'm not trying to say I expect everybody to think on the level that I do, but it's like the writing's on the wall. How long have we been doing this, people? And you can't figure out that this was a possibility, and you still had to scream and yell like a jack-o'-lantern on Halloween that just got kicked by um, little Kyle when he was Michael Keaton's Batman in 1993. In the streets of Mount Greenwood. Damn straight. Like, so, 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 the the final post credit scene, Kyle. The thing happened, and there was something that happened there, and it made this person like, so like oh, oh my god, oh, and it's like it did not warrant that kind of response, and like I just wanted to pick him up with the force and throw him to Mars, and just 
pull him back like Thanos pulls a moon when they're on Titan and, and just watch this man's life crumble before him and, and, and people dying around me because I just need to get my revenge on this son of a bitch. So this, this, it's just, I don't, I don't get these kinds of people. It's like the, the and, and even the people that this guy was with were, were telling them to shut up. They're like, shut up, shut up. Like, like hitting him because he's just like an uncontrollable mess. It's like, how hard is it to keep our emotions in, right? Like, like in these things. Now, now, now there are certain times in movies where, where I, where, you know, those responses are warranted, right? You know, the Chewie were home in The Force Awakens, right? Um. Kyle, when you and I went and saw No Way Home, you know, there were great crowd reactions about Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire's cameos and, you know, and prominent roles into the movie, and those are warranted. But when you see this scene, Kyle, you're going to know exactly what I'm saying. It's like, for the love of God, calm down. We're better than this. This has been going on long enough. This is not, like, brand new. It's like, you got to stop making your personality around being an MCU fan. you got to stop. Well, I mean, part of the writing somewhat caters to the to the lowest common denominator, and I'm not. I mean, it, it kind of does because they they could never. I mean, some of the MCU stuff was written pretty brilliantly, but other stuff is just like they don't. I mean, we've seen this for years. They're just like, you know, the the story is very cookie cuttery, and you could tell it like they wrote it like in a minute, kind of like the She Hulk, uh, you know, TV series. They didn't put that much into it because they don't have to for some people. Like they could just put whatever they could just throw whatever shit at the wall and you could see like, you know, the reviews. I mean, the critics hate it, but the fans will go see it and they'll love it. You know, Um, it's it's kind of like this is what dominates cinema right now is these these superhero movies and, and a large part of Marvel because WB can't get their shit together. And they just kind of realize that they're at a point where they don't have to try as hard because they've already proven themselves. And moving forward, that's probably going to catch up to them, and we're already seeing that. Oh, yeah. Because the content is just kind of, like, waning a bit. Like, I don't know about you, but the excitement that I once had going to the theater just doesn't feel the same as it used to. Like, when all these movies were coming out for the first time, and maybe it's just a an oversaturation issue, but in any case, like I think it's going to be kind of hard to keep that momentum going. I don't think some people are like, well, it's going to fade out at some point. I don't think it is. I mean, I think if they find a way to keep characters interesting, which may or may not happen for the Marvel, but it certainly will happen for DC because DC hasn't found its footing in 10 years. And now they're basically essentially restarting, which is really good for them in some respects because they could start over and really world build marvel has already been world building for 15 years and i don't see how they're going to keep doing this for that much longer i mean they're going to have the spider-man spider-man's going to lead this this uh franchise moving forward but all the other casts are is kind of on their way out you know i mean look at how black panther didn't do that well and that the first one just like annihilated the box office I mean, large in part, that was due to Chadwick Boseman's untimely death, of course. But I don't know. I just think, like, and you've seen all, like, the TV shows and all the up-and-comers. Like, they're doing a TV shows about characters that nobody cares about. Agatha Harkness yeah. in Echo. Like, yeah. No. 
even Daredevil, as great as as his TV series is, like I don't foresee that lasting. That you know, going into the future. I mean, all these actors are kind of like on their way out. I know Tom Holland probably has another three movies in him. I know he's complained. He's kind of like said that Spider-Man Four is coming officially. Kevin Feige confirmed. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they said they they have a story. But I, I don't see like them continuing on. Like, Spider-Man some still of these at actors, home. <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, you know, relaxing at home or something. Like, I th- I think they should stop doing the title the the home titles. Uh, like, thank you. Yeah, this, this, this should be a fresh fresh take. This is, let's get back to Spider-Man: Revenge of the Vulture or something. Like, oh hell yeah! Uh, Spider-Man: The Quest for a New Mary Jane. I mean, don't you think like these these actors are on their way out? They're yes. they're trying to push yeah. some of these like these like sideline characters that it's just not going to pan out. Like I don't I don't know about you, but like I don't have that much of an interest in seeing the Marvels. Like I, that's going to oh, be no, like I a don't. Disney Plus. Yeah, that's going to be a Disney Plus watch maybe. Um, I like Kamala Khan. I think she was interesting in her own TV show because like her character is kind of like you know it was very reminiscent of a spider-man right so that was that was interesting and 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 different but like i i don't like brie larson i know brad thinks she she's a a piece right (laughs) just um which is like um in any case like i I don't know i just don't like i think she's just the her character has no like allure like no, it doesn't draw you in. Like the the first one was just so boring and just predictable. Like it just it didn't do anything for me. Yeah. So they they could have really taken a cue from Henry Cavill's Superman, right? Or Superman, the story of Superman. Like here you have this overpowered character in this world and trying to live in and trying to fit into it. You know, I don't know if she has any weaknesses. I mean, maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. But I think that's the one thing that makes Superman interesting is like he's he's not totally invincible. Like there are things, there are characters out there that can best Superman. Even fucking Batman bested Superman. You know that that's interesting storytelling, right? Who Captain Marvel? Like, what is what is her ish? What is her deal? You know, what is her Achilles heel? You know, who's her big bad? Like she doesn't have one. You know, twenty like, percent discount at Ross. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, in any case, like I'm not, I'm not terribly interested in it. I mean, if they do something, I swear, if they put somebody like Wolverine in that, I'll be so pissed because then I'll be forced to go see it. But you know, they're gonna do this. They're gonna like put no, some character not. in there. Yeah, it ain't gonna be Wolverine. You know, that's gonna force everybody into the theater to go see this. This right. arguably, probably, what will be trash. You're right. You're right. Um, you're right. So I, I, I don't know. Um, I know we're kind of coming up on the time here, but I want to get your thoughts on something real quick. Um, so James Gunn shared something on his story of Instagram. There was like a, an article that was posted that was like, you know, five characters that we'd like to see in the DC or which character should James Gunn's DCU which character should join James Gunn's DCU next? IGN readers have spoken. So it's a, it was an IGN um, article. And then the top ten were Dick Grayson's Nightwing, Martian Manhunter, Lobo, Brainiac, Deathstroke, 
Jason Todd, Zatanna, The Court of Owls, Mr. Freeze, and John Constantine. Actually, I agree with every single one of those. That's some good-ass picks, actually, right there. Fuck. Um, and then James Gunn screenshotted that or shared that post and said, will 5 out of 10 do? Interesting. Interesting, right? So, I mean, I'll give the guy credit. Like, he's he's really touching his base with the fans, with the exception of one very important thing that we've talked about, you know, ad, ad nauseum. Um, yes, we super have. He's listening to the fans, which is a good thing. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, so so let me just say real quick, and, and out of those ten I named, and here they are again, going ten to one, John Constantine, Mr. Freeze, The Court of Owls, Zatanna, Jason Todd, Deathstroke, Brainiac, Lobo, Mash, Martian Manhunter, and Nightwing. Who's like the first the first one that you hear out of all that, Kyle, that pops in your head and be like, yep, must be on. Like, I hope one of those that James Gunn mentioned out of the five out of ten has to be the following. Well, you know I'm going to say Court of Owls. Yeah, I, I mean, without a doubt. I hear that, yeah. Um, I would lean... Oh God! Like I, how can I not say Jason Todd? That's uh, my favorite Robin. So Jason Todd be there. Death, I, like Deathstroke is a close number two. I think Jason Todd could be interesting. Like if they they have to include Batman because that story his story isn't as interesting if it doesn't include Batman. Correct. Because that's that's all about Batman's guilt, right? You know he and his shame surrounding his his failure of Letting Jason Todd, Jason Todd like he yeah. died he basically let Jason Todd die because I mean if we were going by the comic books the Joker kidnaps Jason Todd beats living fucking shit out of him and he ends up dying and, and this, this was all on Batman's watch like he he basically gave up searching for him because he thought he was dead sure did and so that has to include the Joker and it has to include Batman, right? I don't, I don't want to do, have this story where they're just like, oh well, the Joker exists, but you know, then the Joker did this to yeah. me. But we're not going to show. Yeah, we're not going to have a Joker here. Which it, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Like, are they going to have Brave and the Bold without a Joker? No, you know, it's not going to be so. Phoenix. Yeah. It's not going to be Barry Keegan. So we're going to have three Jokers. I mean. I'm sorry, some people out there are like, you know, they're like, you know, don't overuse him, but you have to use him. Like, you can't have Batman without the Joker. I'm sorry, you just can't. And while Robert Pattinson's Batman is going on, which, you know, that has a future, we know that, you can't have these stories without, at least Jason Todd in any way, that's that's pretty core to, to um, the Joker and Batman, so... yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to bet Jason Todd will be in the, uh, Brave and the Bold with Damien, especially if they're building the Bat family up. So, um, Last thing, real quick. We saw Lady Gaga's first time with Walking Phoenix's Joker uh, shared out by Todd Phillips on Valentine's Day. What would you think? I mean, it's a start. I mean, it's Joaquin looked a little bit crusty, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that We'll see how that looks. Um, I am going to reserve my opinion until we get more. I want confirmation if this whole movie is going to be a fucking musical or not. And if it is, 
Yeah, you know, I'm not we all know how we all feel about that. Yeah. But agreed. Um, we'll see. We, uh, go ahead. I was going to say just the the first look of her. She still looks like Lady Gaga to me, and I'm not saying that's bad. I don't, th- you know, I think Lady Gaga can look like Harley Quinn, but it's just like nothing tipped me off to say, well, she's the greatest Harley Quinn ever in that. Like regardless of how crazy she may look, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's it's like all right, great. We saw it. Now, now let's see a trailer. <laughs> Can uh, let I'll do a few uh, points here. Yeah, go from for our it. list here. Um, that I think is interesting, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but there's a bunch of new Disney movies coming: Toy Story Five, Moana Two, Zootopia Two, and Frozen Three. Now, some of these make sense. Moana Two, I mean the first one huge hit with the kids like everybody all if you like disney and you're a kid you're gonna like moana zootopia i've never seen so i can't comment on that frozen 3 just makes sense because you know you got to have a trilogy toy story 5 is the ultimate ultimate uh is the ultimate display of well we're not we're not making money on anything we're doing currently right now so you know what we're gonna do we're gonna resurrect some ip from the past it makes a lot of money and because, and put it side by side by Lightyear that came out, which only made a quarter of a billion dollars, which is sad, and Toy Story 4, which made almost a billion dollars. I mean, it's really telling you something. So they're going to resurrect Toy Story f- again, and it's going to be Toy Story 5. Now, I love Toy Story. Like, I love Tim Allen and as, as Buzz Lightyear, and, you know, Tom Hanks as Woody. And the rest of the cast, respectively, respe- um, respectively. But do we? Yeah, you know, I've got to say, like, do we need this? You know, is there more story to tell? You know, I don't know. There is no more Toy Story to tell. They've told it all. The only way you do a Toy Story five is if just if it's all new toys with a new kid. You know, they should like put um, Woody on like a an island somewhere. By himself with like a volleyball named Wilson, that would be, that would make no sense and make sense at the same time. Worlds like, what collided. are they going to do? Yeah, worlds collided and they're on the island of misfit toys. Maybe they'll be like Toy Story in space or something. That's usually <laughs> they put it in space. They put an IP in space when they have nothing left to do, so they're just like, oh, let's just send them to the moon. That's true. Fast and Furious did it, didn't they? God. Oh my God! That franchise needs to die. And Jason Momoa looks terrible without his beard in that. <laughs> he he just, yeah. Like he he needs to never. He needs to just keep his Aquaman look for until the day he dies because it just it, it looks weird. Yeah, we just got used to it too much. Um, you know what else was weird? We didn't talk about it when we were talking about the Joker, but apparently that there's like extras in the Joker two movie who are bitching that they're not getting breaks. And this is after, like, they're like, we go three hours without getting a break. Like, I'm, not, I'm sorry. Like, I'm no extra in a, in, a, in a movie set, and I can't talk to how demanding it is. But calm the fuck down, okay? Like, three hours without a break. I think everybody who's a working adult who works at least 40 hours a week has done that quite often. Like, wh- I, wh- what's the bitching about? Just shut up. Like, they're just... And, and, like, the people who are reporting on this are just reporting on it because it's the Joker movie and they're just trying to grab clicks for their headlines. It's a fucking nonsense. 
I get, you know, because I work with I work with families all the time and and people all the time about their lifestyle, you know, and people's lifestyles they they prioritize work over everything, so they'll work a million hours just to make ends meet and be completely burnt out, and it will just like ruin their mental health. Like I get that. I think if you're making millions on this stuff on on these movies, like you know, I was I was I read that article a few times like Tom Holland wants to take a break from acting, and I don't get that it's not hard and the pressures are there, but you're fucking Spider Man. Like you, you know what you signed up for. Like, this is not. It it's not easy to do that. I mean, I'm sure this takes a lot of training. But you're fucking Spider Man. Shut the fuck up. You see what happens when you take Uncle Ben out of the picture? You don't get with great power comes great responsibility. At least from Aunt May until the third movie. But that's why he took a break. He's not following that. The other thing too is like. Look at Harrison Ford, fucking eighty years old, doing Indiana Jones, and and what's that? Um, nineteen thirty eight or something or whatever that thing on Paramount Plus is with the cowboy shit. I mean, he's doing it. Like oh, and I, he's eighty. Oh, I think I know how you have to see the Marvels now. Isn't he? Isn't Harrison Ford in that? Isn't he? He gonna, better not. No, he's he's in Captain America four. He's he's he. That's confirmed. Okay. He's in Captain America four. Uh, I thought, so, uh, man, I thought I saw that he was going to be in Marvels too. I hope not. <laughs> Hold on. That maybe that'll just be like uh, I'll watch that on YouTube. <laughs> I'll just watch his scene on YouTube, and then that's it. Um. Okay. Yeah. It is. It is. It is Captain America. Okay. Yeah. Just Captain Marvel. I don't know where. I must have. Misunderstood, but yeah, he's definitely going to be Thunderbolt Ross. Um, well, and, well, speaking, go ahead. I was just going to—I was just going to confirm Harrison Ford is going to be Thunderbolt Ross coming up. If he's the MCU's version again, or now, whatever, different multiverse. Well, speaking of the Marvels, uh, the Marvels did a little switcheroo with another movie, and that movie is the Haunted Mansion movie. Now, I'm Haunted Mansion is my one of my favorite rides in Disney World. Right next to the Indiana Jones ride. If we're talking just straight Disney rides, you know, not IP affiliated, Haunted Mansion, number one. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited. Jamie Lee Curtis is in this. You know, obviously she's from the Halloween franchise. We all hope Jared Leto is not in this as the Hatbox Ghost. Because I don't know why, but Jared Leto just ruins everything. It just ensures that it will not be successful if he's in it. So Keep I'm, him away from your daughter. He'll ruin her life, too. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, where's our trailer for this? Because it's moved to July, and I want a fucking trailer right right now. <laughs> Who the hell knows? Who the fuck knows? I don't care. Uh, we got a trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, too, and that was okay, whatever. I'm going to see it still. It, it didn't blow me away or anything, but it is what it is. And um, Last rumor... Um, Disney is expected to reveal a new Star Wars film at Celebration, which is in early April this year. So, best case scenario, they say episode 10. Um, but I think it's going to be um, our, an official release date and maybe some footage of Patty Jenkins' uh, Rogue Squadron movie. So, we'll see. We shall see. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And... Um, Whatever, but before we like end today, like real quick, whatever happened to um, Star Wars Eclipse? I mean, how long ago did we get this trailer? 
I mean, are we just, is this lost to the universe, or... I think a year ago, but, yeah, it's a video game. There's a strong rumor that it wasn't moving forward, but I still hear that, like, I haven't seen anything official, but but the rumor is it's it's not going to see the light of day. That's sad. Yeah. Because... It looked great. That would, I mean, that would sell. It would really sell. Because if you look at games like Skyrim or The Witcher, um... You know, these are massive open world games that take like seven or eight years to complete. I mean, they sell for for decades on end. I mean, they've ported Skyrim a billion times, and they will continue to do so. And that's probably the reason why they they're not really moving forward with the second one, and or they're not coming out with this, the next sequel to that in any time soon. But it, at least the way I saw that trailer and then I read about it, that was what they were going for, and it really large open world star wars game i don't think they have to put much into that to make it good like they really don't look at the success of jedi fallen order and probably what will be you know survivor these these video games will sell and an open world where you can kind of create your own star wars character and you know follow some story and visit different planets like uh, like that is a softball lob of all softball lobs. Like we want that story. Agreed. Agreed. Um, hope it gets made. I don't know. You never know. You never know. But um, that is probably will go be lost in the abyss forever with Star Wars. But uh, we've reached the end of our apocalyptic day here on the Fourth Mother Box. You have been great. We've been Fourth Mother Box. Follow us at Fourth Mother Box on Instagram. Follow us along, comment, tell us why you hate us, tell us why you love us, tell us about your time with Kyle's mother. But Kyle, give us the final thoughts on this February the 18th and the Lord's year of 2023. And don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Well, fuck you for making that shirt, by the way. Like, seriously, you, you had to put that on your shirt? You guys have nothing better else to put on? This is how you would want to promote your podcast? Yes. Seriously? Yes. Correct. Thanks, Cosmo. If for, for those of you who don't know, might be new to this podcast, Tom has a sister podcast that he's on called uh, Jedi Junk, Jedi Talk, Jedi Turd, whatever the fuck it's called. So if, if you want to hear three dudes talking about, like, making fart sounds with, um, you know, he, replaying their, their queef sounds, like 90% of the show, that's the show you should go, go out and listen to. But, uh, yeah, you know, fuck you for making that shirt. My final thoughts. I don't know, I think I've already heard my final thoughts. Like, I mean, I don't have any final thoughts today. Just if, if you're Brad Hughes and...
welcome into the fourth Motherbox. I am your co-host Tom Oakry, joined as always by Kyle Cosentino. Before we get to Kyle's introduction in a second, welcome into the fourth Motherbox. I did that intro a little different. That's okay. Today's a weird day, guys. Follow us on Instagram at fourth Motherbox for a bunch of funny shit, and sometimes we're ripping on each other. Um, we're two months away from Metallica's new album, 72 Seasons. Next week, we can officially say we're getting a new Metallica album next month on Wednesday. But before we get to that, there'll be a lot of 72 season news coming up. Follow us on an Instagram page and Facebook for all that content. And then some Kyle and I will be heavily involved in checking that album out. But the man I've mentioned earlier, Kyle Cosentino, joining me from Chicago, Illinois. Kyle, how the hell are you today? I am doing all right, and I feel like we should be getting another Metallica song uh, soon, if not right now. When did when did Screaming Suicide come out? January nineteenth, right? Christ, it was a long time ago. Over a month it was a already. long, long time ago. My God, yeah, it was even longer than that. So <laughs> even we're, we're about to. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to. I think we're going to get three singles from this album. Um, if I had to guess. We're going to get the next song mid-March. Just taking a guess, I'm going to say March 15th. Just going to just gonna throw it. I don't know. I have zero insider information. You know, absolutely have no idea. I'm just taking a guess. If Hardwired's last single was released on Halloween before that album dropped November 18th. So that was like three-ish weeks away. I don't know. Man, well, that's a uh, that's a good thing, and it'll be a good way to end the fucking winter here. You know, it's it's just I hate I always say this every year I hate January through March. It just fucking sucks because you get so antsy that you want to get out and like do stuff. You know what I mean? This is why I need just need to come back to Disney. Mean. Son of a bitch! I don't know what you mean, and and I don't mean to. Well, yeah, I do purposely oh, yeah. mean to say that. So. Yeah, well, I need to come back to Disney. That's just that's just how anybody solves this problem. It's but I am going to Disney. Yes, I just booked booked my uh, Paris Disney trip, and so I will be visiting there for the first time. And I'm I'm really excited to see uh, what French Iron Man looks like, and um, you know, smell all the people <laughs> with who smell like cheese. Uh, yes. Apparently, yes. Um, yeah, no. I mean, at least you won't have any resort fatties to deal with. You just got American and. Uh, English fatties uh, rolling around in I'll, their carts. Enjoy, like I'm telling you, man, enjoy the lack of like motorized carts all, all over the place. It's so nice. Yeah. I I am very interested to see how Europe does Disney. And it, it I can't believe there's, there's no people on motorized carts. And I've said this before. If you're old or you've um, hurt yourself, you know, riding a motorized cart at Disney, you get a pass, right? But if you were like significantly overweight, and you see this in, in an overabundance amount, I'm not saying like, you know, shame these people or anything like that, um, make them feel bad. But you know, at the end of the day, it it is a real statement on the health of our nation, and the people that just really just don't give a shit about what they put into their bodies. You know, the, the goal is to keep going to Disney. But if you ha- if you're on a motorized cart and you have to ride the the fat card of shame on Tron, <laughs> like you need some life, major life decisions, right? 
Um, by yeah. the way, I'm, I'm I'm probably gonna be coming to Florida at some point, right around Paris Disney. I don't know if it's gonna be before or after, but you know, we're gonna I'm gonna do like a a Disney double here. Okay. So <laughs> country to country park hop, country country to country park hop. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, when are you going to Disneyland May? Paris? May. So yeah, I'm gonna be in Europe from like May 5th to the 21st, I believe, something like that, and then I'm gonna be um, in Disney Paris from the May 8th to the 12th. Very good. So this is a real short trip. You know, I'm gonna hit two, just do two parks like on two different days. Then we're gonna see a little bit of what Paris has to offer. We're gonna stay at uh, the Cheyenne or Cheyenne uh, oh, Hotel. Oh, good. You decided to stay on property. Very good. Very good. Cheyenne you know, is good. Um, e- e- like, I'm pretty good with, like, planning travel. Like, I always try to find the best deal. And, it, you know, it's always hard to navigate a country, right? Because I did this, you know, once before where we were, like, trying to figure out how London works or how England works. And, you know, um, even states, too, because for that matter. And it's always easy to fly to a state, but it's really just driving around you know or or getting around to different um, aspects i had that experience in new york you know i I went there not really kind of looking into that i really didn't know how we would get around i just assumed we would do uber but you know now uber is like charging is like is really just um for the one percenters now apparently well in new york they they, have they have uber inclusivity where if you don't identify as as something that is seen as you know a minority you get an extra twenty dollar fee so that's what kyle ended up getting even though he's a goblin so go on sir oh yeah well goblins uh goblins lives matter right um so yeah anyway planning planning you know the transportation always always is the part that gives me the most stress like i love planning disney i like learning about how it works and disney in paris seems like it's it's borderline identical to Disney World in Florida, except for the fact that they have a dining plan. Um, they and they have the Magical Express. So now, since you, you know, talking about how good you are at planning, let's not forget your ace in the hole here, over in Orlando, Florida. But which uh, dining plan did you um, go with for Disneyland Paris? Because learn by Courtney and my mistake, because the French to English translation on the Disneyland Paris website screwed with me <laughs> and I picked the mid-tier dining plan which basically just if I understood it, it it would be okay but it just allows us breakfast every morning and then one meal and I thought it was three meals a day and I was wrong but but there is one that's three meals a day that was the most expensive dining plan that we should have gone with um I actually didn't do the dining plan ah, okay because you know when you price it out it actually they overestimate how much you'll get, actually, and I feel like it's it, it was always more cost efficient to just uh, you know do without it. I mean, when I come to Disney World, that kind of made sense because you know if you want to eat at like the table service restaurants, then you you know you might still pay a little bit more. I think I priced it out at one point, but you know i don't know it's 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 so much more convenient and sometimes it really does make make sense you know especially when you eat at the uh, higher tier restaurants like you save you save a great deal of money but i always look at it like this if if you know um if i'm going there and there's there's not like 
major restaurants that I want to go to or anything like that that I might not do it. So, yeah, I recommend Walt's depends. Restaurant. You definitely got to do Walt's Restaurant, man. It is so cool. Um, it'll get you in the feels too. It's 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 awesome. Makes me feel like like Disneyland, like Anaheim Disneyland too. And then I never got a do chance they, to do Captain Jack's, but you should do Captain Jack's and let me know how that is. I actually, you know what? I actually haven't even looked at the the dining stuff in the park. So I, I'm, I'm going to do that this week Okay. when I get some time. Do they, is it really reminiscent of like old school Disneyland or, or do they kind of have more of a Disney World influence? Oh, I like Paris? Um, yeah. Neither. It's got its own thing. Um, really? Yeah, Frontierland is enormous. It is fucking huge. Because I remember like re, um, watching that documentary. I think it was like behind the attraction or imaginary something like that, where they were talking about how when they when they built a park in a different country, they try to use the country's like culture and influence in the design of the park. Yeah, that's I always thought that rude. that was. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's that's why everybody's what rude. Oh, rude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be really excited to to see everything. I like the layout of it, and I was looking at it because the hotel you you take a train from the airport and you're right at the Disney parks, and all the hotels are just right there. They're just bunched together. You could walk right from the hotels right to the parks, and you have everything you you kind of need and. Disney World is obviously different than that, but it just seems like, you know, Disney World is is a fucking world where it's yeah. there's just so much more. I mean, I can't imagine how much more they are going to going to expand in like the next 10, 20 years. It just seems like they've been kind of trailblazing. Um, you know, they kind of had a hiccup with COVID obviously, but now that they have a more competent uh person at the head, hopefully this means better things. It should. It should. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for you to, you know, go to Disneyland Paris and check all that out. You know, it's really funny. Uh, it's really funny that you're going to be on Disneyland Paris while myself and my Jedi Talk co-hosts are actually going to be on the Halcyon again. Like, almost the exact same dates. We, we're boarding, officially boarding. We already booked this. We're boarding the Halcyon on May 7th. We'll be there 7, 8, 9. So at the beginning of your Disneyland Paris trip, we'll be up in space. Yeah, maybe that um, I I would probably anticipate that this will not be the last time you guys go on it, but you know maybe that might be a um, a next year thing or something like that. Oh sure. I mean I yeah. definitely definitely want to want to do that with you guys. That would be I think would be a lot of fun, and you know you got to have that Disney experience, right? You know Absolutely. the Halcyon experience, especially when it. You know, I don't think they would get rid of it, but uh, you know, obviously, there's been some rumors that 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 it's not been doing well, and well, it's you not, never know it's what not the rumors that it's not that. doing well. It's just not doing as successful as Disney anticipated, which Disney should have seen the writing on the wall that when you're asking for the firstborn and your nextborn kid's soul in payment just for like a two two night hotel stay, which is incredibly immersive but still not worth what they're asking you to pay i mean uh, i take that back it's worth what they're asking you to pay but it it you can't expect your middle of the road 
family, American family, let alone anyone outside of America, be able to afford this, right? The people who truly need to experience this, right? The Star Wars fans. Because you see people on there who can't afford it. They're, they're just not into this as they could be. They're doing it because they can't, right? They're doing it because they, they can afford to, to drop six Gs at the drop of a hat. And I, I'm telling you, if, if you listen to Jedi Talk, you heard it last time, the, that the only reason Brad, Evan, and I are doing this again is because we were able to get a very large discount on this because of some connections that we have. Other than that, it might not have happened this year, man, you know, because of the cost. Um, I, I You don't need to tell us how much, Kyle, but, like, I'm willing to bet because I know my Disneyland Paris trip was significantly less than what I paid for the Halcyon, and that's even split in, in half with Brad when I did it the first time. I'm assuming your trip is going to be less than if you were to pay full price for the Halcyon for, like, let's say you and I, that be around five thousand dollars, like fifty two hundred bucks. You had to pay less, right? So, uh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're gonna be there for five days, and it's it's uh, it's me and Isabel. So, um, you know, it it was significantly less for just the parks and the tickets. So, has like is it been to Disneyland Paris yet? No, Ooh, no, she hasn't. Very cool. So you so, two get to see it together for the first time. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, and she hasn't been to France either, so oh, wow. you know, I, I like that that I was able to bring her uh, to Florida Disney first. I mean, that was her first experience with Disney World, and uh, she she kind of had this idea because we were there last year, you know, in Disney World that we had to kind of keep this you know train going. Yes, you know what I yep, mean? Yep, she's right. So, uh, I think that's just the way to do it, you know. And now she's a she's a super fan. Uh, like I am, and so yeah, I think it's it is kind of insane when you you compare it, like um, with my flight and you know tickets and hotel, it's still significantly less than going on the Halcyon. So and that's <laughs> yeah, that's it. Really puts things into perspective, you know, when you think about it. Yeah. What do you? Um... I mean, I don't know. I just I still feel like I. It's it's funny how they can justify that cost and like they could never increase the price of this like no matter what kind of like state the economy is in. Oh my god, I know. Uh you you can't. <laughs> Otherwise you're like going on it with like Bill Gates kids or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Probably grandkids. He's on there flying over Shandrilla and be like, "Can I can I buy 240 acres of this?" Like, "What's your what's your uh vaccine situation on this planet i could sell you some shit so anyway going a little out of left ah. field there <laughs> going a little out of left field there but no yeah so we'll be on the house in the same time you're disneyland paris that'll be really cool for whatever reason kyle and i when we have like big events or trips we end up doing them at the same time for some reason i, I swear to god it we is don't plan eerily yeah. it is it is eerie that that happens like like i planned on going to europe last year and it just I we we never even coordinated it, and you just happened to go for the first time at the same time. Yep, it just was really crazy how that happened. I know, I know, it's 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 pretty wild, <laughs> but um, uh, hey, it is what it is, right? Um, we'll have fun with that. Um, I you said you wanted to come out to Florida around this time, right? So, I mean, m- m- like Memorial Day weekend is is busy here, but. If you're looking to not have to burn some work days, we can always, you know, potentially look at that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just figure, like, you know, that's 
the Disney uh, Disney trip is always a part of the about of the yearly yearly budget, so it's definitely definitely going to happen. And we can do fourth um, mother talk. This would be number four, I think. Um, a fi- four or five, and you won't get eaten by manatees in Cocoa Beach this time, thankfully. So, yeah, those manatees are pretty vicious. Clearly, absolutely, clearly, it's too bad they didn't completely take you out. Um, but completely taking out. Uh, speaking of completely taking out, The Last of Us, Kyle. I'm officially caught up to The Last of Us. So, I want to hear from you first, right? We want to talk about this as hot button. Uh, great series you know I, I i've thoroughly enjoyed watching it you know there's some nitpicky stuff i have about it but i also don't know the video game like you do you've played it so spoiler ridden thoughts by the way people fyi if you're not caught up sorry but we're going to talk about it so the last of us man what do you think so firstly i'm, I'm glad that you're you're on this train because uh, obviously The Last of Us video game is is I would definitely put it in my top ten, probably in my top five video games of all time. Um, just because of like the story was written so well, the gameplay was cool. I mean, it's it's reminiscent of like The Walking Dead or Resident Evil, but it you can tell that like you know one Resident Evil and to a larger extent The Walking Dead, they they kind of don't give a shit about their story. Whereas this one, they they really spent time centering a game around a great story. And so the first game, I actually didn't play, you know, in the beginning because I don't know how it got past me. I think I didn't have like, um, like I'd, let me think about that. I think it came out for PlayStation 3 first, if believe yeah, it or not, and then they mastered it. So I didn't have a PlayStation 3 and then I got a PlayStation 4 and obviously you couldn't play it. And I think that's. That's where um, the problem came in. But then they remastered it, and then I was able to pick it up for the PS4, and then I played it, and I was just like, I was just in love with this game. And um, then they remastered it again recently. In any case, the A game is remaster? the game is great. Yeah, they they just released the remaster of a remaster. I don't know if they've a video game company's ever done that, but right. I. I haven't gotten the remaster remaster. It was a bit controversial. Um, that's going to be one of those things where I will pick it up one day, but it's going to be when it's like five bucks on the PlayStation store or steam store or something like that. Did they change so, the story in the remastered remaster? Nah, I think they just, they heavily updated the graphics and the gameplay okay. to be more, more like the uh, part two which you know, to a certain extent, oh. I can understand. Um, the gameplay wasn't bad in part one. Okay, it just like the they they improved a lot of things in part two. Um, so it I don't know, it wasn't necessary. Maybe maybe not, but in any case, like the game is good. The game has his and then the TV show has been very accurate to the game. Like I mean, almost like there are certain shots from the game. That they did identically from, uh, or I'm sorry, the certain shots from the TV show that they did identically from the game. Like you see in the beginning where they're in the car together, um, Tommy, Joe, and Ellie, and they're they're like trying to get out of the city, and you see that house on fire, and you see like some of the signs, like you know, you can even look this up online where they did the side by side of the game and the TV shows. So they they were really respectful of the fans and of of this. This, um, you know, this kind of like storyline. They took a few 
liberties with it. Not really. It was just really the one episode with um, Bill and Frank. With what's his name? Bill and Frank. Yeah. And I know like places like IGN and all these articles like, you know, wrote about it a million times. But and I'm not saying it was a bad story. I just felt like this wasn't a necessary story. And it, it wasn't. I mean, it. This game is centered around Billy, uh, Joel and Ellie. I almost said Billy. What the fuck? Um, Joel and Ellie. I mean, that's that's the core part of this story. And then they just one of the episodes. They just decided, you know, we're gonna we're gonna write a story about, you know, some other characters that really weren't a big part of the first game. It's like, why did they do that? Like, why? I'm not. Again, I'm not saying it was a bad episode. It was a it was a good episode. Um, but it, it Bill really is my wasn't necessary. The way that dude is prepped and strapped and hates the government, goddamn, I love that guy. Yeah, and in the game, he's he's a bit similar. I kind of wish they played up some of that stuff from the game. Like the one thing I didn't like about that episode is there was no interaction between Ellie and and Bill. And in the uh, game, you just you just see them going back and forth with each other because they're like both sassing each other. And not only that, Bill, you could see Bill's, uh, you know, influence over the town he was in. Like he set up traps everywhere. He was super paranoid, super, um, super prepared. So I kind of wish I, we saw some more of that. Uh, um, all right, because I was going to say, I felt like they made it, they established that fairly well. I get what you're saying. They like deviated from the core of who the character was. I, to a point, I mean, I remember like loving him from the from the moment when they were searching his house, and uh, I think they left, and he was like pointing a shotgun at the ceiling, and, he, and as they were leaving, he's like, "That's right, you, um, you bootstrapping like j- jack off New World Order Nazis or something like that." He was he he called him something, and then and then I also liked when he was arguing with Frank, like four years after they met. He's like, you think everyone in the government is Nazis? He's like, everyone in the government is Nazis. <laughs> oh, that was some good and shit. He's not. No, he's not wrong. He's not. He's they not. also they also changed the story a bit with Bill and Frank. One Frank was never in the game. You you kind of get some uh, inclination that Bill had a relationship with Frank, but you really wouldn't know that this was more than just a friendship. Okay, and so it's you don't so it's implied Frank. in the game, right? I mean, could it be implied in the game, or could it be taken that they had a a romantic relationship like they do in the series? I mean, I remember um, you really only know about their relationship by picking up this note that you find like in the desk of Bill's house, and it okay. just it's it's from Frank basically saying that he hates Bill's guts, <laughs> like and he kind of like lists a couple of reasons why, <laughs> and. Obviously, with Bill's personality, you can understand why he he wrote that. Um, so they they took some liberties there, and I think like in the game, and I haven't replayed the part one in a while, so I'm definitely about to. I think uh, Frank killed himself, if I'm not mistaken. Like he hung himself. Oh damn! So it yeah, they definitely took a, a few changes, but you know. Not that it's again. It's not. It wasn't the worst episode. I think the best episode was episode five when they get to that town with that sniper rifle. Oh Christ! Yeah. Uh, the, the the guy with the sniper rifle. That was like straight out of the game. Like there's that was such a cool scene. Um, I'm kind of you know hoping that they get to. Um, 
I don't know if they really. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested to see like what they do. You know, in this game, they they did change something a little bit. Well, I won't actually won't ruin it. So, um, we'll we'll see how this plays out. But they they've been really true to the game. I'm I'm very curious to see how it ends or where it ends, and how they're going to. Because obviously they're going to do a season two, and if they end it where they ended the first game, they have to pick up where season two started. So maybe they could or add they could some more Because isn't there like four years between game one and two? Like. Couldn't they? They could bridge the gap in like a season two or three. They really they could. could. And I think if they, they were they smart, should. they wouldn't go into game two right away because game three is probably not going to come out for like the next five years. So I would, if I was them, I would write a whole other, you know, season dedicated to what's what happened during those four years because in game two, Ellie is a lot older. She's more like a you know established. They're more established in this town that they're staying in, so I I think that would be the better way to go. Gives give the developers some more time to finish uh, game three. I know Neil Druckmann, who's like the head of Naughty Dog, has said that they they don't feel rushed to complete game three. And if you've seen what happens at the end of game two, it it's kind of open ended a bit. Not that that's really spoiling anything, but you, you can kind of say that maybe it could end there. Um, I don't think it, it should, personally. I think there's definitely more story to tell because, the, you know, game two opens up the world a lot more. Whereas game one, you, you it's kind of isolated between, like, Joel and Ellie, and you don't really get a lot of interaction with the rest of the world. You don't really know so much about the rest of the world. But game two, it opens it up that much more. I I just really hope they don't go Walking Dead with this this where it's like, you know, we need supplies and we need to go get them. Oh no, there's some clickers and and the, you know somebody dies and then we get back to base and then, you know, that's that's the show. I mean, this is I texted this to you, but uh, Pedro Pascal is basically playing the same character just in, in different universes. <laughs> the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. And Joel and Ellie kind of have a similar story. <laughs> it it is very similar in, in a lot of in a lot of respects. It's, it's kind of funny, but I think youngling, this child somewhere. But go on. I think uh, both the act- actors ha- are doing a good job. They're both yes. cast really well. I think they did well with this TV series. You know, the casting of this this show. Versus what they did on Uncharted. Uncharted is also by the same developers, Naughty Dog, and they've always spent time on you know like a very plot-driven story with really uh, cultivated characters, and then the movie just kind of plots a bit. So I'm I'm glad that they're they're hitting their stride with this one. It it is a bit copy and paste though. That's the only that's the only thing I'll say about this about the TV show is. If you've played the game, you know exactly what's going to happen, and it's, and people are like, well, you know, that's, that's that's a good thing. Well, not always. It's not always a good thing. So it's like you see Harry Potter, that's from a book. So like you you don't see it, right? In a video game, you see everything. Like you see the start to the finish. Like it's it is like a basically like a movie. So it's kind of like, I mean, it's again, I don't know. It's like. Maybe I wouldn't know what a good direction would be. I think sometimes it's it's good to 
stay to the source material, but also add in new things. You know, and I know like Bill and Frank was kind of a new thing, but see, I don't that's know. the that's the tough part though. And like I'm kind that is of the tough part. I'm kind of glad that I'm watching this the first time, not knowing anything other than things I ask you or hear from you or research on my own about this game. You know, so I can enjoy it, right? Because on the surface, right, when you look at the series from start to finish without having any knowledge of the game, Episode 3 could be lauded as the best of the six that have came out thus far. It absolutely could. Because, I, you know, I don't care who you are or what walk of life you come from, right? Regardless of if you agree or disagree with what went on in that in that episode, right? Some parts made, made you feel uncomfortable, some didn't, right? What you couldn't deny is that that acting and the, that relationship was authentic by Nick Offerman and I'm sorry I don't know the other the name of the other gentleman. I only know Nick Offerman because he's Ron Swanson. So um, it still it, it 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 pulled at your heartstrings, right? You know it it touches yeah, it touches a lot of people, right? Because you can you can identify those two individuals and think of somebody think of yourself with loving somebody or think of somebody in your family, right? Like the, these two. Gentlemen, and I've told Kyle, and I won't go into too much detail, but they remind me of somebody, two two people in my life. One still still with us, and another who's passed on. So it's it's you can make connections, right, to this kind of stuff. But it's it's like to the point you were making. Um, you know, I think I think I feel like the, the way they're deviating from the main game story and adding certain things in. I think that's the way to do it, right the way they're doing it it's tough because you hear time and time again right right kyle like you and i i remember how excited we were to see the resident evil movies i'm talking back in like the mila jovich series from start to finish right and then they yep. just fucking took a left turn right with with that with like the the project alice thing like 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 those those movies on their own are okay to a point but it's just like the inspired by Resident Evil movies is it was just crap, and that's not what I wanted to see out of a Resident Evil movie, right? Like my favorite video game franchise of all time is Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I love it from start to finish. It's one of the main reasons I'm a I'm just like Bill and Ron Swanson. I'm like a conspiracy ridden jack wagon at times. But I cannot wait. And they've talked about it for so long about getting that movie on the big screen can't wait to see it but i would almost like for that to be start to finish like shot for shot even though metal gear solid kind of doesn't need a movie because it's pretty much a movie on its own but i'm digressing from the point you know they're in this tough spot of keeping true to the game and making the people of the game happy seeing what they know in their favorite screens and live action with characters that they love versus you having to pull in a bigger audience because not everybody plays this video game, right? There's game non-gamers out there. They're consuming this because it's it's kind of like the next Stranger Things to a point. So it's like you have to carefully balance. The series is doing a good job. You know, they've got some things here and there that they may be taking liberties with, but it's it's, it's you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah, and I think again, that's that's always a tough decision for them to make. Like, how, you know, how do we give people something new, but also respect you know the storyline of the video game? Um, in any case, like it, it seems like it's resonating well with people. Like, I know even my parents like the show, so 
I'm happy that it's doing well because it, this is this is absolutely one of my favorite games, um, and and they're doing they're doing it justice, um, it, you know, and 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 I can't wait to see what what else comes from it. I, I'll be in again, like, you know, I would have I wished I would have maybe watched the TV show first and then went back and played the game because I think it would have made me respect y- maybe the game even more. But it's just kind of like. I've seen it already, so it's like it's it's a bit, you know, like I know what's going to happen, so I don't know. Like Honey. people were, people were like surprised what happened with Sam and Henry, and and you know, my mom was like, she watched and she was like, wow, that I didn't see that coming, and you know, I was like, you know, I knew exactly what was going to happen, and you know, it's it's just a bit, again, like I, I there's no perfect yeah. way to. Yeah, it was anticlimactic. There's no perfect way to do that. But uh, again, like, I'm glad that they showed that. Like that was, that's an important part of the story. So I think what you should do in season two, you should bridge the gap what the video games haven't told yet and make it canon, right? Work with the developers of the game, work with the people that write it, which I'm sure they're doing for this series. But um, just just work to make it canon. So I, I think that makes video game nerds you know happy right they could sit here and consume this right do the same thing james gunn's gonna do with dc where video games and live action and and animation are all going to be canon right just just like star wars has been doing for a while so that would be cool um i looked it up i was gonna ask how many episodes i was curious how many more episodes it looks like because we're getting episode seven tonight at nine so we'll have uh seven eight nine left to go so we got three more of this of this season more episodes than I anticipated for this. I don't know why I was only thinking like six or seven. This is good. Yeah, um, I I probably will get to see it. I'm going to go see Ant Man uh, tonight. Nice. So, which which is what's interesting is that this movie really isn't doing that well. It's not. Like, I got tickets. I got tickets this morning, and there was like nobody in the theater. There was like no tickets purchased already. Yeah, it had a crazy second weekend drop, like the worst ever in the MCU. Something like that I was seeing this morning. They just... I mean, I gave my thoughts, my non-spoiler thoughts on it, and I, and I can't wait for you to see this. You're going to see it tonight, you said? Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm seeing it tonight. Really curious to think what you or hear what you say. Um, don't forget there's a mid-credits and a post-credits scene. Both I recommend you stay for. Um, normally Marvel gets away with like one being like, yeah, you can watch it on YouTube in a day. And the other meaning something, but both of these mean something. So, at least there's that. Yeah, I, I've heard. I've heard that the, um, you know, the it's not a, like a throwaway, uh, you know, Easter egg at the end there. It's not. In. No. Yeah. Both so have meaning. I, I, I'm just interested to see what what happens because I, you know, again, it's not doing well and. People don't seem to be like resonating with it as much. It's, it's kind of like giving further evidence to maybe the uh, decline of the MCU. I mean, I don't, I don't want this this franchise to fail. I just feel like, you know, they they realize that they make so much money, so then they it gives them kind of like the incentive to like not put as much into it. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like why why create a great story when you know you know that this is. Marvel fans are going to go see a movie regardless if it's good or not. Like, The Eternals is a perfect example of that. Like, The Eternals 
like made half a billion dollars, I think. And that movie was horrible. Why they're greenlighting a sequel, I have no idea. But it was the most boring, uh, not necessary Marvel movie to date. I mean, it was, you know. Yeah. So I'm trying to. But see how I much just money. think it's like, I just think that's like, it's like bullshit. You know, you get you have to take care of your your creations, right? Your art, and even like you know these big franchises have this problem is like. How do they keep this story going but keeping it fresh? You know, Star Wars has that problem as well. Like, how do they keep it going while keeping it fresh? Now, Star Wars has done largely pretty well, in my opinion, of keeping this franchise going. I mean, I know there was like a big gap in content. What is like maybe like almost 20 years after the first three films. But now they're like churning it out left and right. And you could see that, you know, they've they've taken really good care with the movies that they've put out in the TV shows, except for Andor, of course. Um, and then I've always said, like, I'm not into the Marvel, I'm sorry, the star Wars animation. So that has yet to really impress me or like get me like invested. It's visually stunning though. Now, like say what you want to say about the bad batch. It's fucking tight. I, yeah, I, I've been I've been listening to you guys talk about the Bad Batch season two, and and it se- seems like you all are in and uh, it's unanimous that you guys like this show. We do, and there's I, a lot of good. I got there's to, a lot of like good stuff going on. That's canon. So I got to episode. I checked this morning, and I got to episode like twelve of the first season. Okay. And I was thinking about it because there's I don't really have anything else to watch. And I'm like maybe I should try this. Just jump into season two and see what happens. Because you guys have been talking about it in a good way, yeah. So could I could I do that essentially? Yes. Just yes. jump into season two. Yeah, I think you can. Um, just all you need to know is um, the Bad Batch or Clone Troop ninety nine. Um, they're clones who didn't fully take, and they all kind of developed with deformities, for lack of better terms. And they're all different. You know, their their inhibitor chips didn't work because they were deformities and now they're just kind of vigilantes in the galaxy right that's why they didn't turn with order 66 Correct. like i remembered that yeah yeah so so um so yeah so maybe i'll jump into season two and see how that goes cool. but you know i was gonna even say too like the video games even though star wars hasn't had a lot of canon video games but like it's like yeah i just come back to fallen order and survivor looks like it's shaping up to be like a really good and solid continuation of this of this story, so I'm excited. Did you see the most recent like little gameplay tit from uh, IGN about um, one of the lightsaber stances? No, I've I've watched all their videos okay. of that they've they've shown of this game. So I mean, it looks it looks just like the first one. It looks like they've. Like really polished the combat even more and added more into it. The the graphics look e- even better. So they do. Uh, but the um the cross guard hilt, which is what Kylo Ren has. I mean, his isn't technically a cross guard. It just happened because he's so powerful. But though those hilts exist, right? And you're going to get to use those lightsaber hilts in Fallen Order. And the what the video was saying was because it's such a heavy hilt you're like limited with how you can use it but when you hit an enemy with it it's like super heavy hit it's going to take a lot of damage out on them but 
it takes a lot oh. out of you to use it. So it's 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 going to be really cool. It's one of several lightsaber stances you can use in the game. I just like how you could break apart the lightsaber. I thought that was the coolest part of the game. You could break apart the lightsaber and fucking like throw it. Yeah. You know, throw both <laughs> of them at the same time. That that's just so cool. And my biggest hope for this game is that I want to see it play into the larger story of Star Wars. Like, I really do. I mean, it, the first one definitely did, but it, it was kind of its own thing at, at the same in the same respects. I do want to read the book that's coming out uh, as well. Battle Scars, yeah, like two weeks. Scars, yeah. That's I'm, I'm excited to, you know, get that for sure. So man, so many so many video games coming up, man. Like like. We we got two trailers and yes. state of plays, <laughs> the next one, and I am furiously run, trying to get through Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, you might oh, be, oh yeah, you might be ahead of me. I'm like I'm like I'm level twenty five right now. I'm uh, what the hell am I doing? Uh, fuck, I can't remember what I'm doing right now in the main story. Um, I just got done talking to Sebastian. Like we're eventually gonna meet in the Slytherin like catacombs or something. I think that's when I'm going to learn dark magic. I think I'm a little bit further than there. But um, we got Resident... We, we, the first thing, right, that's coming out next, and we got Resident Evil 4. Uh, we got that... Like, that was a trailer with some gameplay in it, right? Like, man, that game... Like, that it looks, looks... scary. It does. It looks like they're keeping up with what made my favorite Resident Evil game fun, and they've just made it more terrifying <laughs> yeah there's there was a couple shots from that where it, like it looks legitimately like you know scary which is kind of going back to resident evil's roots where you know like even resident evil 8 you can argue you can argue that like this scare factor isn't isn't there anymore or what? is is very just not present with the exception of the one house with the fucking baby um, I I wasn't scared of the game. Um, that th- I still when I replay that what game when I think D? about replaying that game, like you could run into that Amazon. Eh, she, I don't I don't find her. At least that's not what scares me personally. But even when I th- when I think about replaying that game, I always think about going into that that house with the fucking baby. Um, so. But in any case, like I know there are there's like a new character and he's got like a. He's got like a bowl for a head, and he's supposed to be really, really difficult, and he just looks like, like terrifying. So I, I can't wait to see the, all the improvements that they've put into this game and and everything else that's in it. But it, it looks just excellent. I really think this, this will probably be like best resident. It'll probably be a ten. I, I'm, I'm calling it now. This game is going to be a ten. You, you know what I'm like, really looking forward to. Um, one of my favorite things in Resident Evil 4 which was kind of a side story but wasn't really was uh, is his name Striker Kyle am I getting that right Striker there's no Striker no um, Kraus, is Krauser 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 yeah yeah that's it is the, the second fight with Krauser when he's mutated um, I wonder how that's going to look and what how that's going to be different in this game this should be interesting should be a lot of fun I remember that fight being incredibly fun but challenging. That knife fight too, because you have to be so you have to time it so perfectly. Yeah. Or you have the knife fight on that like kind of on the on the bridge or, or that platform or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like on a 
platform. Yeah. This is what, March yeah. 20, is this 27th that I see that, right? 26th? Okay. 26th, 27th, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we got to get through Hogwarts Legacy, and yeah. I'm... I've been like deviating from the main quest a lot. I just think Me that too. there's so much yeah. to do in the outside world and I'm at level 30, but, um, so it's just, it's, it's super fun, super great exploration. And, you know, then you, you, you come back to the main quest every once in a while. I like the chains of seasons too. So it yeah. just turned to winter and it just, it looks like Hogwarts winter is like Disney winter. Like you just, it's or like Disney Christmas, you know, it's just, there's nothing better than it. Like, I would love to decorate my house in either Disney Christmas or Hogwarts Christmas. Either one just works perfectly. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to see it. It's currently Halloween at, at Hogwarts for me. But, yeah, I'm with you. There's so much going on. Like, I was in, like I remember deviating to Feldcroft uh, for one of the main stories. Um, and then I was just walking around this, like, shithole of an area. <laughs> just, like, talking and capturing as many beasts as I could. Oh. Uh, my favorite thing about this game is all the videos people keep releasing of like doing different shit where they like levitate the cat. Like Have you one done of the that cats. Yet? I I levitated the cat, but I just couldn't. I didn't have the heart to like hit him with like a a spell. I didn't but hit it with a spell. I just hilarious. levitated him. Yeah. Yeah, I levitated him, but just just the different uh, where people would be like. I don't know. Something random would happen. They just like a random teacher, and then they were just like, "Oh, Avada Kedavra!" It's yeah. fucking hilarious. Have <laughs> you learned Avada Kedavra yet? Uh, I learned in Crucio. Okay. That's the first uh, unforgivable curse. I feel weird about using it because it's like, I don't know. I used it on a troll, and it didn't seem to do much. But lots well, of troll. <laughs> I'm glad that they did that. Like, I'm glad that, you know, it's not just a... It gives you the option to be, like, an evil dark wizard. Because I feel like a lot of people do resonate with the dark arts and the dark wizard wizardry. So, I think that's pretty cool. Correct. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to, you know, continue to learn more of that shit. But um, Resident Evil, March, March 26th. It's less than a month away. Um and then we got Kill the Justice Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League State of Play trailer too. Um, I saw what what I saw was the Flash bit where um, he was going to get Lex Luthor, and like they had to end up saving Luthor. And I didn't know this, but um, Deborah Wilson, who plays Siri Junda in Fallen Order, and of Mad TV fame and multiple different things that she's done. Very talented. She's also Amanda Waller in this game, and I can't believe I, I either forgot that or um, I was pleasantly surprised by learning that this week. So um, that's cool. And what'd you think of this trailer that we got? I don't know. I'm kind of like I'm kind of curious about which way this game is going to go because I know that. People seemed a bit mixed about it, but it is rock steady. And I was watching a video on it this morning. This does take place five years after the events of Arkham Knight. So I'm interested to see what happens with that. Because, you know, again, at the end of Arkham Knight, when you 100% it, you see, you know, Batman kind of disappears. Like his his uh, house blows up and it's the Nightfall Protocol. So he goes into hiding obviously harley quinn isn't surprised to see batman 
So she's like in one of the trailers. She's like, oh, hey there, Bruce. So I wonder what happens with that. And I... I'll be really pissed if they don't talk about what happens. Obviously, they probably will. Like, they're not going to just have Kevin Conroy there for, like, a couple of lines. They're, I hope they use him pretty heavily. So I wasn't super impressed, but I wasn't, like, I didn't hate what I saw either. So I'm just kind of, you know, I guess I'll just have to wait and see because I don't know. Some, I, I just don't. I just don't know at this point. Like I, I definitely will be picking it up. It's it's different than I would I thought yeah. it would be. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm gonna give this an honest, fair shake. Um, I watched another video where the creators and developers of this game were talking about how, you know, the Arkham games were Batman's view of everything, right? Which rightfully so, oh, yes. Batman video right. game. Um, and he's like, Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League is the villain's viewpoint of this world. So what we're going to be seeing is everything through the eyes of Harley Quinn, uh, Dead Sh- Deadshot, um, King Shark, Captain Boomerang, and any of the other villains that I'm sure we inevitably see in this game. So th- this will be interesting. And, you know, Harley Quinn, that, that comment, that could be the first time they, they've seen him in those five years because I saw it was confirmed. This is five years after Arkham Knight. So we know that for a fact. Um, and I saw that in that Harley Quinn comment to to Bruce could literally just be like a like a Harley Quinn thing because it was revealed that Bruce Wayne was Batman at the end of Arkham Knight, right? The Scarecrow revealed it to everybody. So she could just be like, oh, hey, Bruce, because she's insane in Harley Quinn. So <laughs> we'll see. But I'm with you. I hope we find out, like, you know, a little continuation of why he's still around, right? Did the Court of Owls have something to do with it? Did he really kill himself? And then, like, well, Talia's dead in that universe. So I don't know. Did they ever say yeah. what was? Did they ever say what was canon from Arkham Knight? Um, did Rachel Ghoul survive, or does he truly die? I think you know in that storyline you can choose one or the other. Right, like, right. You That's why to kill him or save him. That's so why I'm curious what they s- might say is official canon. Like because now they have to continue it. I I doubt they'll continue Rachel's story, but if he's involved, then you have to make a decision. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't know. I wonder. I wonder, like, if they'll use. It'll just be. It'll be interesting to see who pops up in this game because it seems like they rebooted it a bit. But I don't know because, like, they changed a few things as well. Like, obviously, Harley Quinn looks different, and so does some of the other characters, like uh, Deadshot. I don't know. Oh yeah, Deadshot. Well, they they had already explained that. Um, the Deadshot we see in this game is the real Deadshot, the one that Batman was um, fighting against was like an imposter or, or something like that. I have to go back and read that. I feel like that came out a few years ago. Does that sound familiar? Or am I just talking out of my ass? You're talking out of your ass. Yeah, it's 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 all right. It happens a lot. So. Man, this week is going to be huge. Um, I told you why. One of the reasons on March 1st. It's going to be a major day. And I can't say that yet because it's not official. But what we know is official is we are getting episode chapter 17. The first episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. I am hype level 10 out of 10. Like it's been since, I believe, December of 2020 since we had a Mandalorian episode. <laughs> 
the infamous. I mean, obviously he was in Book of Boba Fett, but this is back to Disney's bread and butter right now. So, Kyle, you rolling out of bed and watching this as soon as you can on Wednesday? Oh fuck yeah, yeah. yeah right this is the uh, we're back in action because you know we had the whole Andor thing, and then <laughs> obviously, like I don't know, I just feel like I haven't seen good Disney Plus content in a minute, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy to get back here. Okay, uh, I mean Andor yeah. was fine. And, uh, at, you know, and Ahsoka, Ahsoka is coming out this year. Is that what's yes, what's it is left of this year? Yep, Ahsoka. Okay. I believe will be. I, I'm guessing Ahsoka will be summer, and then Skeleton Crew will be end of the year. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely. Um, I think Ahsoka. I'm really, really looking forward to because I think that'll be that'll be kind of like real rich storytelling and everything. So I think a lot of people will really res- resonate with that. So. I'm excited. Agreed. Totally agreed. Um, speaking of things that resonate with us, the Batman Part 2 begins production in November. So later this year, but at least it's starting. Wow. It's yeah. just, that's really late. You know, that's that's a long ways away. It seems like what, I wonder if, if uh, maybe they had plans to start sooner but with james gunn's takeover and his new plan maybe that influenced you know the direction of the batman i wonder if that's that's the case interesting because you know with all this talk of multiverse i i find it hard to believe that they won't kind of come across this at some point unless unless they were lying to us james gunn said this this is an elseworlds movie like joker Unless that doesn't mean they can't cross over, though. It does technically. I mean, I mean, it doesn't mean they can't. But Elseworlds is supposed to mean completely removed from the DCU. Really? Yeah. Thousand mm-hmm. percent. Well, then they should get that out fucking sooner. What the hell are they waiting <laughs> for no- until November for? They're doing the Penguin. Penguin's gonna come out before. I don't then. care. They're, like Marvel's doing like four hundred things at once. And they can we're do. We're burnt they, out on it. I don't care. <laughs> they need to. Batman is the one good thing they have going. They should get that shit going right now. I know, but I don't want to become burnt out on Batman. I know you're going to say it's impossible, but if WB shoves it down our throat enough, it is possible. And I don't want to get burnt out on my favorite comic character. We really, we really haven't gotten a lot of Batman. I mean, we haven't. We had the Batman last year. When was the last Batman movie? Batman vs. Superman, 2016. Yeah. So, it's been a minute. So, they waited six years to give us another Batman movie. I think, you know, and like, not only that, you know, if you look back, like, a solo Batman movie hasn't been around. They waited 10 years because The Dark Knight Rises came out in 2012. Yeah, and and to to be truthful, like, I'm okay with that. I'm kind of glad they did because I don't want Batman to be like every year. Oh, it's Batman Part Two, the Electric Boogaloo, or some bullshit like that. Like I don't want them to to be doing that. Like I'm okay with them spacing it out. I really am. I mean, I would have been happier if they would have. But ten years? Yeah, yeah, ten years. I mean, the Dark Knight trilogy is resonated for a while. I know, but I just feel like that's that's kind of a long time, you know. Whatever, whatever the case is, it's fine. So I know. Uh, we're getting it now, so that's that's what we should be happy about. Um, 
and sticking in the DC universe of things, I just really wanted to real quick just kind of say this. We don't have to harp on this because it is what it is. And But, like, I, I guess there was confirmation that James Gunn just kind of made mention of it on social media where he was writing the Superman Legacy script, like, six months before, like, Warner Brothers told Henry Cavill that he was coming back when they did the thing with Black Adam. So what's going on there? It just feels like... It, to me, I don't think James Gunn was told the truth. I think they fed James Gunn a line of bullshit, and they clearly fed Henry Cavill a line of bullshit. And I'm talking about like Walter Hamada and the brass at Warner Brothers over there. Like they were lying to everybody. They're lying to everybody over there. Um, and then they obviously finally decided to fire who they wanted to fire, or people who resigned who wanted to resign, and then gave James Gunn the keys to the car and said, "Well, you're doing Superman anyway." And then they were probably like. By the way, you're going to have to get rid of Cavill because, you know, I, I know the blame falls on James Gunn for this, and I'm not saying he should be completely removed and be forgiven, but he should get a little slack because Warner Brothers was already decided they were going to kick Cavill to the side before Gunn took the keys over. It was it's, 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 it's clear as day. It's clear as day, and they lied to Henry. Uh, you know, they gave us... They lied to The Rock, too. They gave us... Superman at the end of Black Adam and got our hopes all up just to get the final fuck you to us because they had to release the Snyder Cut while holding their noses up high. You know, even though the Snyder Cut broke a bunch of fucking records and made money for suicide prevention. So, that was it. I'm looking forward to The Flash because I can't wait to see all the cameos and all the surprises that we're going to get and give a proper send-off to my favorite, you know, version of DC characters that we've seen on screen. I think the best we can hope for is that this movie will do really well, and then they will move forward with The Flash, but just recast Ezra Miller. And keep everybody else. I'd be good with that. Um, what I would... I think if... Go ahead. Uh, oh, I, I was going to get into another topic, but you can finish your thoughts on that. I was just going to say, like, you know, I'm just so curious to see how they end this movie. It, just because I don't know if it I actually don't know if they are going to keep this because Barry, Barry essentially fucks up the timeline so is that what's going to lead into James uh, James Gunn's universe or is it just like he fucks up the timeline and then he repla- you know fixes it at the end and this is just the movie we got and it doesn't mean it's going forward well, So you remember the Flashpoint you remember the Flashpoint paradox at the end when Barry has to reset set it again he runs and you know, his mother remains dead and he gets his powers back, but, you know, the world that was created, um, like, he comes back and things are different. So he's, he's basically going to have to, at the end of the movie, I'm sure he's going to have to run back through time again, go back to where metahumans exist in the world, and Batman will be different, Superman will be different. So, yeah, it'll, it'll basically, like, reset the timeline. I'm just tired of people saying get Grant Gustin to be the DC's Flash. I'm like, Dear Lord. There's I, and people say it in droves. Yet there's like half a million people that watch this show. So stop saying that. Please stop saying that. Yeah, because please stop saying that, that's right. not what you want. Yeah, Nobody yeah. wants that show. No. God. That no. show has fallen very far from grace. Very, very, very far from grace. You know what else nobody wants, Kyle? And this will be the last thing we talk about today. But why on God's green earth are you putting 
a scene from the Steve Rogers musical in Hawkeye into Disney's California Adventure. Like, what's the point? Uh, this was actually going to be my final thoughts today. Oh, but okay. Well, here then. I'll, I'll let that for Kyle's final thoughts. So thank you for welcoming yourself into the Fourth Mother Box. You guys have been great. We've been Fourth Mother Box. Follow us on Instagram at Fourth Mother Box, somewhere on Facebook. We're all over the Instagrams. Um, you guys have been awesome. Thank you for joining. Kyle, final thoughts today, and please, please give your true thoughts on this terrible mistake from Disney. No one, and I mean no one, wants a Steve Rogers musical coming anywhere to Disney World. Please don't do this. Nobody wants this. It's it's just it also is like the biggest like it is the biggest uh example of how like you know the Disney executives are like, yeah, we don't give a shit about these characters. Let's just make a fucking musical out of it. Could you imagine if they did that with Star Wars? Like and I'm sure it exists. There's a Star Wars strip show somewhere in Chicago. There is a strip, like, burlesque show in Chicago, and, like, people dance on stage dressed as Star Wars characters. And I'm, I'm not sure if that includes, like, Jabba the Hutt, like, in a scantily clad outfit. I don't really know. Um, I'm not going to go check it out. But, uh, yeah, nobody wants a Rogers musical. Please stop. Cross me.